Obviously. On the prompt. I've been testing the new year for a couple of days. (laughs) And I have to say it's been okay. Welcome to the prompt. A weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. Thank you for coming. We're going to make some history together today. So... It is the 9th of January, 2014. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. We have a very, very special episode for you today on the anniversary of the unveiling of the iPhone seven years ago. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm very ill. Well, I'm really (laughs) pleased. I'm going to bed the second that we finish this. However, this episode is going to be 100 hours long, so sorry about that. <laughs> Hello, Federico. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Oh, I'm pleased that I've got an absolute balance between the two of my co-hosts today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Federico, if I start um, fainting or passing out, will you play a little music for me? to? Yeah, but you, seem, you, you, you said that you're going to bed once the show is finished, but you seem to, uh, to assume that we're going to finish this this show today didn't mike tell you that we're gonna we're gonna go on until tomorrow morning this is gonna be a 10 hour show well tomorrow morning for you is different than tomorrow morning for me <laughs> yes we talked about time <laughs> fair enough okay so i'm really excited about today's episode of the show since um since the inception of the prompt there has been a topic that i've wanted to cover and it's this one um, when we were originally getting together and talking about uh, potential show topics and we were trying to think of some stuff that could be evergreen that we could talk about um, at a later date, um, I wanted to do like a, a a discussion, like a sort of a, a play-by-play, as it were, of the original iPhone keynote, which I considered to be, and I'm sure these guys do, to one of the, if not the greatest product introduction of all time. Um, it's my favorite um, keynote that Steve Jobs did. Um, it's my favorite of Apple as well, obviously, too. Um, so we're going to talk about it today, and it seems like the perfect time, you know, uh, because obviously we are, as today, when we're recording, um, it's seven years ago that the iPhone was first introduced at Macworld 2007. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. Just, are you both in on this? Are we, are we up for oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm, pre- I'm very excited about, about yeah. it because uh, I, I wasn't actually following Apple back then. Uh, I I bought an iPhone like into late 2008, so I didn't follow the keynote, and I wasn't reading any blogs or tech blogs in general. So it's kind of new for me to to revisit this 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 keynote seven years later. Now that I have a job which consists of you know writing about this stuff, so you have seen yeah. it before, the Federico, right? Uh, oh yeah, I mean, after I started Mac Stories, I, I I had a quite the collection of keynotes to to catch up to, you know. <laughs> uh, I had to rewatch some stuff, <laughs> and um, but no, in two thousand and seven, I wasn't reading any live blog or I wasn't subscribed in my. I didn't have any. Uh, I I didn't even know what RSS was. I think so. That's my confession. Yeah. So <clears throat> we have uh, some meta stuff we should talk about before we dive in. Does that sound good to everybody? Yes, of course. Yeah, I want to, um, if I can, I wanted to just to ask a quick question to Mike. You said that this is one of the best 
product intro introductions mm -hmm. in your opinion uh, other introductions that you like in general because for me it would be the the first uh, Nintendo DS keynote from 2004 I think I would agree with that one that oh, is excellent nice. Um, nice and I guess you know you've you've got some of the I don't think that the bar is extremely high um you know cuz then once you start going for after that you kind of end up just CES, CES, CES. Um, I think that um, Jeff Bezos does a really good job, and as time goes on, I think that his introductions will prove to become even better. Um, so, like for example, um, if you look at the Kindle Fire, I believe it would have been the HD when they had the when they included the 4G LTE with all of them. I can't remember what Kindle Fire that was, but that was an excellent keynote and product introduction. And then also, I mean, some people may laugh, but the original in, uh, introduction of Google Glass. So, hmm. the with you know, with the, the incredibly choreographed skydiving... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not every day you jump out of a helicopter. Exactly. So that was a spectacle, right? So it was another I mean, great for one, me, but... I know that's how Federico gets to his coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, w I was about to say that for me, I would also count the, the original iPad keynote. And because of that one, I remember the, 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 the speculation and, you know, all the rumors uh, because I was, I was following the scene for the iPad. And I will also mention the, the iPad 2 keynote because I think that it was for the iPad 2 that Steve Jobs had the famous uh, line uh, of Apple uh, like being at the intersection of technology and liberal arts. Yeah, I've, I I don't like that saying anymore. You don't? Yeah, I think it still I, holds very true. Well, no, I think it's very true. And when it was originally said, it was great. But now too many people use the word intersection mm. when talking about their technology thing that they do. No, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, because, yeah. I mean, because they did. Um, yeah, I know. What's, what's great about the first iPad introduction was the uh, you know jobs being in the chair. And like that said so much about the type of device that this that this thing was. Um, but uh, I don't have anything to add. I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. Well, I think even, like, on, even on the Nintendo DS, Stephen, you agree? <laughs> 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 Where I agree about the uh, the iPad keynote, so they were excellent. I think part of what makes this so great is that this keynote changed modern computing. Like nothing has been the same since it. And I wouldn't say yeah. that about the iPad because there was something kind of like the iPad before the iPad, and it was the iPhone. Yeah, in a way, the, the iPhone keynote was the point of no return. Yeah. Because from that point forward, everything changed. And, and, and I guess that back then, you couldn't look at the, at the, at the big picture completely because you, when, the, when the iPhone came out and, and you, start, you started getting used to it, and 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 you follow the series of evolutionary steps. So you got a new iPhone, and then the iPhone got better, and then you bought the iPhone four. But now, looking back seven years later, and with with you know with context, it's so. And we and we'll talk about this later. But seeing and remembering how stuff used to be different, it really has an effect in in rewatching this keynote. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this keynote kicks off um, with the, uh, the it follows the usual pattern um, even back then. So it would be a bit about Apple business and then there was the, the lesser product announcement. I guess it's worth noting that, I mean, 
I don't know if people, I guess that we have some listeners that might not be necessarily aware of some of the context. And this was at Macworld, right? This is when Apple used to present at Macworld in 2007. Yeah. They used to, Apple were a key part of the Macworld conference and they used to have a keynote. So they had two major scheduled keynotes a year. They had Macworld and they had WWDC. And this mm-hmm. was when Apple was still involved in Macworld. This was one of the Macworld keynotes. Um, and then we start the, the we start off and Steve, you know, talks about how we're going to make some history together today. Like that's how he introduces the whole thing, right? It's a big. He's clearly pumped up when he's coming out on the stage, and and as well, we are at fever pitch at this point. There have been rumors about the iPhone for such a long time leading up to this point, but it coming into MacWorld 2007, everybody expected it this time, as they did every time. But there was this. Right. There, there. What the the rumors then were very different to how they are now. Um, but it seemed like it was it was kind of reached fever pitch. It, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was all people were talking about. And I feel like as the uh, Apple historic historian of the three of us, <laughs> um, is historian a word? Yeah. I'm running a fever. I don't know what's real. Uh, so some context is important, right? So uh, this is just one year after announcing the switch to Intel processors, uh, which really like immediately dates it for me because I, I mean, I was, you know, an Apple fan at the time. I remember people like freaking out they were going to Intel, um, and uh, they talk about the Apple TV in this kind of. Uh, run up to the iPhone as well. They, they actually announced the Apple TV in the fall and then they kind of recapped it uh, at Macworld and then ended up shipping just a couple weeks later. So like, you know, Intel Mac still very new and the Apple TV being brand new is kind of the, what else is going on in Apple at this time? Because it was christened as the Apple TV at this event because it was previously referred to as ITV before that point. Um, and right. it's quite funny because Steve keeps tripping over himself when talking about it. Yeah, which tells me that they must. It must have been very late in the game that they changed the name. To Apple yeah, TV. I think there was a uh, a lawsuit or a threat of a lawsuit about the ITV name. Yeah, uh, I think Cisco had a product, but I can't. I couldn't find any article about that. But and, maybe and then also wanna... it was a problem here in the UK because one of our major TV networks one of, is called ITV. Right. Yeah, I mean, Apple TV is a, you know, a fine name, but uh, you know, this is the Apple TV with like the hard drive in it. It was basically a Celeron-powered uh, Mac running Tiger, and they ran super hot. You know, very different from the little black hockey puck Apple TV of today. The and it cost thing, $299. It, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it did like, nothing. Whoa. Like, it did so few things. Um I mean, this is before it had Netflix and stuff. I think I think it was just basically a way to get iTunes from your computer to your television. Yeah. Um, it's also in Vista. Like Vista is a thing happening at this time too. Um, this is uh, right around the, you know, I think it's right after Vista's launch, and you know, obviously didn't go very well. And so they they actually make fun of uh, of Vista in this section of the keynote. So um, until last year, my father had a, had a PC running Vista. So we were talking about 2013 running uh, a six-year-old OS. 
So basically, every time, I, every Saturday, I go to have lunch with my parents, and um, every Saturday he would ask me to fix something on his PC. <laughs> so every time I walked into his room, it was like walking into a time machine, because I opened this computer and I and I and I and I saw all these old stuff, like all the the ugly FX that Vista used, like the transparencies yeah. of the windows and. And everything yeah. was just so ugly. And one day, I remember, um, I opened his PC, and I, and I don't know what it did, but it basically switched the, the, the entire OS to the pink theme. I like it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, Dad, what did you do? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> everything is yeah. pink. He, wanted, he was part of uh, breast cancer awareness. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, you know, looking at the, at the Steve Jobs making fun of Vista and, and the Vista commercial. It's like you said, Steven, it's like, oh, oh God, this stuff used to be, used to be like people bought <laughs> this, this OS and, and this, yeah. used, this used to be the, the OS that many people used. And now hopefully they have something that is a little better, I guess. Yeah. So, so that's the, that's the time frame here. You know, it is, you know, really only five, or six years after OS 10 kind of finally got its head on its shoulders. Um, seven years ago from today. I mean, it really is like, I was kind of surprised like when I realized just how long it had been. Um, now, now, Mike, we talked to Federico a little bit, but what, what about you? Were you, uh, I guess this was right about the time you started following Apple, right? Uh, well, I've been following Apple for actually for a few years before this. I okay. just bought my first Mac. So, yeah, because you had the first Intel iMac. Yeah, I, I was gearing up to buy an Intel. I was, I was gearing up to buy an iMac, um, and I was waiting for the uh, to watch the announcement. And then they announced they were switching to Intel. The iMac was the first one. Great, so I got in, bought it straight away. Um, now looking back, I can see how insane that was. <laughs> to buy the first Mac with a whole new processing, like processor, um, processing architecture involved, um, I probably wouldn't do some. Well, I say probably, I probably would still actually do that um, because that's the kind of insane person that I am. Um, yeah, I mean, but, you bought the gold iPhone. I wish I did. Uh, <laughs> how did how did you know you you had to wait for an Intel processor? Well, like, I didn't. Wait, I was just wait, waiting. Oh. I was just waiting to to for that keynote for before i made a purchase because i was getting ready to um so i figured i would wa wait until i watched this the, the keynote that they did i can't remember what it was it's probably wwdc right the previous wwdc maybe uh, i think Macworld 2006 was the intel imac right okay um <coughs> I'm just the sort just, of things i know <laughs> and i'm just gonna trust you on ladies uh <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I was getting ready to buy one at that point. Yeah, because I bought it in January because I actually bought it for my birthday. Like I'd been saving money up and then I had money given to me for my birthday and then was able to make the purchase. Happy um, birthday. So thank you. And I was um, getting into Apple. I was into Apple then and I was, you know, by that point I was like head first in. Like I'd had an iPod before the uh, iMac, which is what got me into Apple products. I had an iPod mini, a pink iPod mini but we can save that for another day. Um, so I knew that, like everybody did, that the iPhone was coming, the iPhone was coming, and, and was with everyone else following along with the live blogs on this day, um, waiting to 
to hear about what was coming out. So it was it was exciting, you know. Yeah. Listening to Merlin and Leo on MacBreak Weekly every week, that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was actually um out of town and actually like off kind of off the grid. I mean this is obviously I almost said this was before the iPhone, but then I realized that was a ridiculous statement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so I didn't hear about it until that evening. Until I got back to where my laptop was and you know looked online. And uh, we have in the show notes, uh, I found the web archive of the original iPhone website, which is like very basic and very simple. And it's it's important to remember the iPhone didn't ship until June of 2007. They announced it six months early because they didn't want. You know, had to go through like regulatory stuff, and they didn't want it to leak, and so they decided to, to announce it before applying for the uh, you know the FTC and everything else they have to do. So yeah, we didn't get it until November. Yeah, which every time I think of that, it feels like it was a lot longer than a few months. It feel, honestly feels like it was like a year before we got. Feel like you were dying. It was just <laughs> the worst. It, it just was the worst. So uh, I was in high school. Seven years ago, the, that day, and um, at the uh, cost of sounding like an old man, back in my day, we did we didn't have an iPhone in the classroom, so we didn't. Uh, <laughs> th- there, there were smartphones, of course. We we had Nokia phones, but we didn't have the you know we didn't have Wikipedia access. We didn't have Safari. Didn't we didn't have all these fancy apps you know for studying and and keeping up with the. With 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 assignments, so it was it was uh, WAP before that point. There was barely yeah, even, but have you, you know. Do you remember WAP browsers? Yeah, it was Mike? terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was, I mean, there was barely any phones that actually could access the internet. I I, I actually remember that one day, um, uh, a friend of mine and I uh, bought a new Nokia phone. So we used to we were basically kind of we weren't always paying attention in class. So uh. and we were used to exchange. Uh, funny photos of uh, of people through MMS. So we bought this new Nokia phone, and and we were messing around with the with the preferences. And uh, and my friend was like, "Hey, what's Bluetooth?" Oh you know? yeah, I, this happened uh, to me. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, you know, we should try this Bluetooth thing. So we try, and we figure out that that it's data transfer locally without paying because MMS was freaking expensive. And uh, like a euro for message. That's seriously cra- crazy. And um, so we discovered Bluetooth. And, and that was like the, the, the peak <laughs> of the smartphone evolution. Was it one of those <laughs> crazy Nokia phones? Like with the yeah, insane like, keypads? Like, yes. Like what the one? Rounded, uh, the 3650. Was it the one with the circular keypad? Yes. I yes, had that. One. I had oh, that phone. Really? Oh. That was the phone that I discovered Bluetooth on. Hashtag Nokia bus. Uh, I'm going to put it in the show notes. If you are not familiar with the Nokia 3650, your brain is going to explode when you see this yeah. keypad. <laughs> so uh, to, to conclude, uh, I don't have any idea of uh, waiting for the iPhone like from January to June or from January to November because I wasn't really interested. And um, But looking at this first segment of the keynote, there's one point that I, that I wanted to kind of highlight, uh, there's a, a, a mention of the iPod Shuffle. Uh, and Steve Jobs uh, says uh, the iPod Shuffle is a, is a wearable MP3 player. And people laugh at, at the notion of a wearable MP3 player. And seven years later, <laughs> now with all this crazy talk about wearable devices, that's kind of funny to, to, look back, to look back to because 
you know, back then it, it didn't really mean, mean much, maybe. But today, eh, you know, look where things have gotten us. I think one of the things that's quite funny about that moment is because he's listing the achievements of all of the devices. You know, the yeah. fastest selling MP3 player of all time, the most watched, uh, the the device which has the most like video watching. That's something he's saying about the iPod Video, and it's like the most wearable iPod. Yeah, it's like, it's like I have to say something, but it's not really an accolade. Yeah, th- this is like when people watching Breaking Bad episodes in in the in the last series and trying to find points that the that the director made in the first season <laughs> you know kind of finding the references <laughs> maybe Steve Jobs Steve Jobs planned this all along right so we should probably actually talk about the the iPhone introduction itself but before we do that let's take a quick moment thank our first sponsor for this week's episode and that is the fine folks over at Squarespace the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own website for a free trial and 10% off go to squarespace.com and use the offer code tallyho1 Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features designs and more support they have beautiful templates for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Squarespace takes care of hosting, SEO, and even makes sure that your site looks fantastic on any device automatically using their responsive web design functionality that's built into every template that they have. Squarespace is incredibly easy to use, but if you need any help, they have over 70 employees dedicated to customer support on their customer care team, which are based in New York City. Squarespace truly care about design, and it shows throughout their entire site, from their public website, where you can see examples of Squarespace sites, from their award-winning templates, the beautiful templates that they have. And it also shows in the back-end admin system as well, where you are, you know, where you can update information about your site and post to it and stuff like that. You know, your back-end looks fantastic as well. They've won numerous design awards for the work that they've done, and they also have two brand new iOS apps which look fantastic as well, Squarespace Blog and Squarespace Metrics, which allow you to post to your blog and view all of your statistics, respectively. But I want to take a quick moment today to congratulate Squarespace, as they are 10 years old this week. Um, On January 6th, Squarespace celebrated their 10th year um, as a company, creating these incredible blogging tools and website creation tools. Um, They're celebrating throughout the whole month of January with a bunch of new uh, updates to the site, one of them being uh, an update to their page building system, Layout Engine. They now have Layout Engine 2. Layout Engine is their uh, WYSIWYG page building tools which allow you to drag and drop your pages around so you can like you know you can drag and drop different types of content blocks if you want to have images and text and stuff it's all WYSIWYG you can just very easily lay out your pages all within a web browser Squarespace is really awesome and it's super powerful and I think that you're going to love it so go and try it out for free go to squarespace.com you can sign up for a free trial there no credit card needed and if you decide to purchase it starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year and make sure that you get 10% off and help support the show by using the code tally Ho one that's T-A-L-L-Y-H-O, and the number one. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their continued support of 5x5 and the prompt. Mike, can I just mention one thing that I, that I like about Squarespace that I discovered last week? Yeah. So my good friend, Nine Inch Nails and Miley Cyrus expert, Zach Saichi, he figured out a way to post from Editorial, my favorite iPad app ever, to Squarespace. So I'll send you a link to his workflow, and it's really cool. So it's uh, you have to put together a bunch of actions, but you can send Markdown as HTML from Editorial to your Squarespace blog. 
I'll make sure that's in the show notes. And Stephen, where can people find the show notes for today's episode? Five by five dot TV slash three zero slash prompt slash three zero. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> our new name of the show is three zero. <laughs> <laughs> I found mm. that link for for the show notes. Awesome. Welcome awesome. to three zero. Oh, I the like it. Greatest podcast. I wouldn't I be able, I wouldn't be very good at it because nobody would really know what the name of the show was. Yeah, three you zero. do freezy. <laughs> So, 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 so. Anyway, what's this iPhone thing that everybody's talking about? So, Steve starts off. Um, the the tone lowers, and this, if he seems to change, and he seems to just like watching the video back again. I realize sort of how he is just like he just dials in because he uh, this out of everything. Like he's, his tone changes. I feel like you can see it now maybe even then but especially now watching it back just how important this introduction was to him like i feel like he really knew the iphone was special and that he needed to do his absolute best to get this across to people because there were so many things that happened like over the next probably like an hour and hour and 20 minutes that are at this point left at a presentation that we've just never seen before like multiple things that people, it was just totally new to people. And I guess this was, he had to get this right, you know. This was his, potentially, you know, if he hadn't already had enough of a legacy, this was it. This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. Every once in a while, a revolutionary product comes along that changes everything. And Apple has been, well, first of all, one's very fortunate if you get to work on just one of these in your career. Apple's been very fortunate. It's been able to introduce a few of these into the world. In 1984, we introduced the Macintosh. It didn't just change Apple, it changed the whole computer industry. In 2001, we introduced the first iPod. And it didn't just, it didn't just change the way we all listen to music. It changed the entire music industry. It's not that the, the, his tone becomes more somber. I think that it becomes more sober, that he wants the weight of what he's saying to be felt in the room. Um, and he says it. I mean, he says, you know, we've been looking forward to this uh, for two and a half years. And uh, it really kind of sets the, I mean, it sets the tone, right? Like it says, like, hey, this is like, I know you're in Macworld. I know you're watching me, Steve Jobs, speak. But you really should, should pay attention to this part because this is going to be a big deal. It's it's very powerful. Yeah, to me, the, the thing that stands out today re-watching this keynote is not only the, the change of tone and, and the fact that he wants to to, to bring attention to, to the words that he's saying because he knows that he's, that he's making history, like he said at the beginning of the, of the keynote. It's the fact that 
I wonder how people felt in the room because watching it today, it really feels like watching history being made in 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 a few minutes, and uh, and I wonder just how great it would be to be able to rewatch important events of of our modern lives as a keynote. Like, can you imagine? I don't know, watching the 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 the, the press machine being built for the first time or i don't know any oh, other right. major event and this is it because you're watching the first real real smartphone that that is gonna change the way that we interact that we that we follow news that yeah. we take photos that it changes our lives and you have a keynote with a, a man on stage and you're and you're watching it so that's really imp- i love yeah, that imp- like yeah imagine if you if we could now watch the tv being unveiled for the first time or the printing press being unveiled for the first time yeah there is no documenta- documentation isn't it, of that happening but we have that with right. the well a lot of times you don't know i mean with the printing press and tv like those are obviously huge milestones but i mean there's a ton of stuff that you don't know is going to be the big deal until it happens you know, until afterwards, until five years down the road. Sure. Um, and Jobs, I think, addresses that in his own way, where he, you know, he says that, you know, Apple's been very fortunate to see uh, a few products that change everything. And, you know, that there are three revolutionary products or revolutionary uh, UIs. And, you know, we'll talk about more of that in a second. But, like, he kind of knows that, you know, the Macintosh, the iPod, the iPhone is next. Um, and he's building that case by saying, by linking this new device to those things that even in 2007 we knew were historically important. I think he's saying, look, the way that these things carry, apply that to this new device that I'm getting ready to show you. That's bold, right? It's crazy bold. Like he's like, remember those two things that changed history? What we're going to do again today and I th- and but we I'm gonna tell you I know it's gonna happen rather than you find out you know us all find out about it later after it's right. been around for some time, right? And I think that maybe people went to to the keynote with, with an ex with an, an expectation that that Apple would would announce a phone and that it would be cool because Apple was the the maker of the iPod and and the Mac, but maybe they didn't expect such such a, a, ch- a revolutionary change. In the way that that a phone by Apple would, and of course they, they they wouldn't know that the impact of the change until a few years later. But I guess that even just the keynote itself and 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 the first interactions with, with the iPhone screen and, and multi-touch and everything that we will mention later, I guess that people weren't expecting that kind of change. They were expecting an iPod that would be a phone. So Steve Jobs is on stage and he's saying no. We're gonna reinvent the phone, and it's not gonna be like an iPod with with a keypad to call people. It's gonna be three thi- three things yeah. into one, and we're calling it iPhone, and this is it. That three mm-hmm. revolutionary products thing is just incredible, right? Because he says that, and we're like, "What three things today? That's insane!" And then right. you know, and like the the graphic of the three things. So it's uh, uh, what is it? A phone, a widescreen touch iPod, and an internet communicator, and yeah. 
the, he keeps saying it, and the graphic behind him is spinning faster and faster. He says, do you get it? Do you get it? It's and one it's, device. It's like, I'm getting goosebumps. It's just insane. I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it, because it still does that to me, watching it now. But it's that fever pitch that the crowd is whipped up into. And there's when you watch the video... <laughs> There's this one guy that stands up and punches the air. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dave, did you notice it? No. When when he says mobile phone, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah. He just you can see him because it does like a wide shot, and he's just That's like. Yeah. And there's also a guy that cheers, like he just cheers when he says mobile phone. But then he, yeah. this other guy, he, probably the same guy, he's punching. He's like he's got like his fist, like punching his fist into the air. Because that was what everyone wanted, right? The mo- it was everybody wanted the mobile phone. Well, today, we're introducing three revolutionary products of this class. The first one is a widescreen iPod with touch controls. The second is a revolutionary mobile phone. And the third is a breakthrough internet communications device. So, three things. A widescreen iPod with touch controls, a revolutionary mobile phone, and a breakthrough internet communications device. An iPod, a phone, and an internet communicator. An iPod, a phone. Are you getting it? These are not three separate devices. This is one device. And we are calling it iPhone. Today, today Apple is going to reinvent the phone. Yeah, because it, it was like a, like a climax, right? Yeah. Because going from the iPod, um, to the phone, and then the internet communications device, which I'm gonna, I, I want, I want to cover in a bit. But uh, I don't know if Steve Jobs uh, put together this idea of of these three devices into one for his presentation. But whoever did, it's just genius. It's it's uh, it's perfectly yeah. put together and used into this context to to bring people from the idea that Apple is gonna do something. Uh, then that Apple is gonna reinvent the phone, and then three devices. But it's it's actually and there is a phone, but it's actually three devices into one, and it's gonna be the iPhone. And there's this climax, and then it's just you know the graphic that that spins on the screen, and it's like, do you get it? Do you get it? And it's one, and 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 so th- there's this climax of of expectation and, and rumors all together into one, and then. Boom, there's the one device. And, and then the, it's like the it, cherry on the top is, and we're calling it the iPhone. iPhone. Because everybody was expecting the iPhone, but nobody w- was like, uh, as far, uh, at least based on what I, what I read after, this, after all these years, 
the name iPhone was being thrown around, but some people weren't actually believing that they would call it the iPhone, just like the people weren't believing that they would call it the, the tablet the iPad. And um, but then it's like it's the iPhone, and and you can almost see, hear people saying, "Oh wow, they, they really call it the iPhone." <laughs> well, because if you think about it now, I mean, iPhone is part of the vernacular now, but that's such a yeah. bold statement. Yeah, because it, it's a it's a generic word. Yeah, like it's not iPod, like the pod. It's not something that you that you normally would call an object. Same in, as iPad in, in, as well. Like, yeah, but, as if they would have called it iTablet, like you know that it would have been the, it, along those sort of lines. Yeah, you know, I, iPhone. Word. It's really, yeah, it's bold because it's you're you're taking a, an everyday object, the phone, and you call it the iPhone. So from this day on, the phone is the iPhone. It's it's our phone. I, I think that's the message. And ever and, and even seven years later, it, like you said, Mike, I watching the video. It's you can you can still feel the excitement even if we have iPhones <laughs> that are much much better than than the first iPhone. It's, but but the keynote and the presentation and and you know all this climax and introduction it's just so 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 good. So uh, by this point, you know we're about maybe five or six minutes in. Um, all we've got is we got the name. We have a very vague idea of what it does because. We, you know, we can all understand phone. We can all understand the widescreen iPod with touchscreen controls to a point, but internet communicator, nobody knows what that means. Like the other two parts, they're like wild cheering. It's like an internet, a breakthrough internet communications device, and there's like a couple of people who are like, yeah, like nobody yeah. knows yeah. what that means. Well, and it, then and it, it harkens back sort of like to the Newton or like the the knowledge navigator ideas. And I think yeah. people were like, oh, Apple kind of. Got the ball on that in the past, and even on the time by the time the website got up, they had changed it to like internet device, not internet communicator, which is the the term Jobs used on stage. So we're at this point, and we've got the name. We haven't seen the product yet, and there's nope. the the joke about the iPod with the rotary dial, right? Right. Um, and then we then we move into the smartphone, like landscape like what are smartphones mm -hmm. so they start so steve starts he shows up you've got like a blackberry phone the samsung blackjack right <laughs> which is yeah which worst. is like a samsung blackberry ripoff <laughs> yeah and they call it the blackjack which is just i mean i know that sam that, that the off the off-told joke is samsung ripping apple off but clearly they were doing it to other people first and then use like a i think the motorola q which had just been announced and maybe the nokia e61 i think or like a Treo or something. They were yeah, the, I think it was a Treo. They're the phones that are up there at the moment. Um, and then Steve starts talking about this new, how the fact that they've got these QWERTY keyboards, that's the wrong way to do things. Because he says, you know, like about um, what if you want to change a button? Well, you can't change a button. Um, and I want to I talk to you guys about this for a moment because this bit baffles me still. So Steve says that... We, as in we as a, a community of, of technology people, you know, I think he's referring to Apple and other tech companies in this, saying how they solve the problem with a, with a mouse and a bitmap display. Yeah. Oh, I don't understand that because computers have keyboards. Well, like the, I, I, I don't fully understand. The mouse made the, the user interface human. When you have a, he's not really talking about the mouse, he's talking about the graphic user interface. 
Okay. Where before the Mac and well before Lisa really or before right. Xerox Park, it was you and a keyboard and a CRT and a command prompt. Um, but the mouse signifies that hey, you can go up and click on menus. You know, you, you have a graphic user interface. It kind of changed the computer from a terminal to a computer that we recognize today. So it was maybe more along the lines of the ease of navigating the uni- the, the interface. Yeah. Was okay. That makes a bit more sense to me. I think. Here's four smartphones, right? Motorola Q, the BlackBerry, Palm Treo, Nokia E62, the usual suspects. And what's wrong with their user interfaces? Well, the problem with them is really sort of in the bottom 40 there. It's, it's this stuff right here. They all have these keyboards that are there whether you need them or not to be there. And they all have these control buttons that are fixed in plastic and are the same for every application. Well, every application wants a slightly different user interface, a slightly optimized set of buttons just for it. And what happens if you think of a great idea six months from now? You can't run around and add a button to these things. They're already shipped. So what do you do? It doesn't work because the buttons and the controls can't change. They can't change for each application, and they can't change down the road if you think of another great idea you want to add to this product. Well, how do you solve this? Hmm. It turns out we have solved it. We solved it in computers 20 years ago. We solved it with a bitmap screen that could display anything we want, put any user interface up, and a pointing device. We solved it with the mouse, right? What I find really interesting, uh, to back up for just a second, about the buttons is several times he says, like, if you have an idea in the future, like you can't go around and change a button. And very clearly, Apple was thinking about what they were going to do with the iPhone software in the future. And that by just being a touchscreen, the software could grow and evolve in the future. And it wasn't a product like an iPod. Like you bought an iPod in 2005 and it played music and that was all it did. And if you wanted one that played a video, you had to go buy the new one when it was announced. Um while, while the phone was going to be much more like a computer that'd be a living, breathing thing that Apple could update in the future. Yeah, but, you know, looking back at, at, this, um, at this part about, you know, mentioning the fact that old physical keyboards couldn't change, uh, looking back at iOS history, uh, the keyboard, <laughs> the software keyboard is the thing that maybe didn't change at all through the years. I mean, they they, huh, yeah. they, uh, they added the, the microphone for dictation and they brought the emoji and, and that kind of, that kind of minor ad- additions to, to, the, to the keyboard. But it, it hasn't, as far as the keyboard is concerned, it hasn't really changed much over the, over the years. And, um, and especially I remember a couple of years after the iPhone, when, when the iPad uh, was in the rumors, um, people were, were saying that that Apple needed to to revolutionize the the software keyboard because the iPad and the tablet they didn't know the name was the iPad the tablet needed to have a, a completely new form of keyboard input uh, but Apple didn't and and the the iOS keyboard didn't change on the iPhone nor the iPad so looking back. Uh, it's true that, of course, you, you cannot customize the keyboard. You cannot, you know, use international keyboards and the emoji and dictation. Uh, I mean, of course, the, the iPhone keyboard works, but many parts of the interface changed. And with iOS 7, they changed completely. 
But the keyboard, it doesn't change much. Yeah, like, but instead of a keyboard, you can get uh, the the date picker, or you can yeah. get the emoji keyboard, like or a game in full screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that it's there when you need it, but not there when you don't. Yeah, and that's and the, and that's really the the greatest part, and especially the fact that the iOS keyboard. Maybe we some people don't know this, but uh, for um, special character input like. Um, uh, I guess, uh, Japanese and Chinese uh, form of uh, alphabets. I don't know if they're even called alphabets. Maybe they're not called alphabets. But anyway, touch input for Japanese and Chinese users on iOS, uh, it's really great because you get a completely different form of multi-touch keyboard and, and, and it's just really made for those users. Yeah, it has like a pad that you can draw symbols on. It? Yes, yes. Uh, so you have the, I guess, the kanji and the, and the I don't know the names. Uh, but anyway, that's the great, uh, the greatest aspect that, that the keyboard is there. It's not there. and uh, But it, it's not just the keys, you know. Uh, it's not just the fact that it's not a traditional keyboard. It's the fact that the keyboard is tied to the software and to the interface. So you can do all kinds of crazy things, like full screen apps and games. Um, but looking back, Mike, mm. uh, at all these keyboards, <laughs> and uh, uh, man, they used to be so terrible. <laughs> like they used to be so, yeah, fidgety, <laughs> and, and they and, weren't and, good to use, really. Yeah, they were, they were just awful, you know. Especially the the, the Nokia ones. <laughs> Well, yeah. obviously, because they couldn't decide on a button placement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's make it a circle. Um, and, you know, but beyond the keyboard, the other big change was that uh, was multi-touch. That before, I mean, I had a Palm Trio uh, up until I got my iPhone. Um, and I had, as you guys might imagine, a Newton in the past. And you had to use a stylus. Like, I know that's all the rage now with, like, kids and their Nintendo DSs. But the, the iPhone uh, brought... You know, it was like, you already have a pointing device. Everyone's bored with it. You have it. It's called your finger. And they would even announce multi-finger gestures like pinch a zoom. So it's like, not it's not that your finger becomes the stylus. It's that that whole idea is out the window. And you were just touching and interacting. And now with iOS 7 especially, like pushing around your content directly. That direct manipulation was something... Um, that was very new and something that really impressed me with when the first iPhone came out was just that it felt like you were engaged with what was happening. You're scrolling down a web page and you're actually scrolling the page. You're not holding a stylus. It's doing it. And that's a, it's a, it was a huge difference. We solved this problem. So how are we going to take this to a mobile device? Well, what we're going to do is get rid of all these buttons and just make a giant screen, a giant screen. Now, how are we going to communicate this? We don't want to carry around a mouse, right? So what are we going to do? Oh, a stylus, right? We're going to use a stylus. No. No. Who wants a stylus? You have to get them and put them away and you lose them. Yuck. Nobody wants a stylus. So let's not use a stylus. We're going to use the best pointing device in the world. We're going to use a pointing device that we're all born with. We're born with 10 of them. We're going to use our fingers. We're going to touch this with our fingers. And we have invented a new technology called multi-touch, which is phenomenal. It works like magic. And it was all on that giant 3.5-inch display, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, because Steve at one point he says it's really, really big. Yeah. <laughs> and so today we have these crazy Android phones with it's basically like a like a like a tablet. Uh, what's the name of the the phablet, right? Yeah, like the, uh, all the notes and stuff. Yeah, it's really so you, interesting, Stephen. I loaded up the original iPhone page that you included the link for in the show notes. Yeah, and it reminded me of how Apple used people with massive hands to make it look smaller to make the phone look smaller because that was what it was about then, wasn't it? That the phone it was. I mean, small. yeah, because like the razor and and phones like that prided themselves in being small and. Uh, uh, you know the the iPhone at three point five. Apple's afraid it would turn people off. Yeah, they would. I think that I think that the trend of making mobile phones smaller started with the Motorola StarTech. Do you guys remember that? Like nineteen ninety six. Hmm. I reviewed that once. The StarTech. <laughs> Something similar. I want to find it for the show notes. Yeah, because I remember when I was a kid and my dad had a like a huge mobile phone, and then this Motorola thing came out, and and everybody was like, "Oh, do you have a StarTech?" And uh, and I remember it was really really popular. So um, one thing that that stands out to me um, as far as multi-touch goes, um, my first experience with with touch input on a on a on a display was um, I didn't have a PDA, I didn't have a new, I didn't have all this that kind of crazy stuff that nerds used to used to buy uh, <laughs> because I, I wasn't a geek in my in my teenage years. And uh, but but I remember, um, I mean this is kind of obvious. My first uh, experience was with the first Nintendo DS, and I remember going to my local video game store and the first time I tried Super Mario with the stylus, it was really really impressive. So when I bought the iPhone in in 2008, uh, yeah, eight, um, like like you said, Stephen, it was really like uh, I wouldn't want to use the the term magical, but it really was like being able to scroll with your finger on the screen and and the web page was following you, and yeah. and the, you could tap on an icon and you could see the animation of the icon coming up on the screen. It was really really something different, and um. And today we we kind of despise people who who claim that they hold patents on on these kind of inventions. But Steve Jobs, uh, when he says "Boy, have we patented it?" and and people are cheering, yeah. And then later in the keynote, he's like, "We have true two hundred patents on on the iPhone," and everybody's so happy mm-hmm. because he he says, "And we're gonna like, I don't know, we're gonna mm, we're gonna protect the iPhone, something like that." So kind of, you know, different from what you hear today. I agree. Now, software on mobile phones is like, it's like baby software. It's not so powerful. And today, we're going to show you a software breakthrough. Software that's at least five years ahead of what's on any other phone. Now, how do we do this? Well, we start with a strong foundation. iPhone runs OS X. You know, what's, what's really interesting is uh, repeatedly Jobs says, and it's even on a slide at some point, that the iPhone software is five years ahead of any other smartphone. And of course, in there, and we see kind of throughout it, you know, the iPhone is maybe the most clear example of Apple's interplay with hardware and software. Um, but five years ahead. You know, there was that story uh, like in November or December, right at the end of the year, that 
Google like started completely over on Android uh, when after this announcement and yeah. like say what you feel about Android not to open that can of worms, but like it's kind of obvious that there's some influence there. Well, because they were building something more in the guise of a BlackBerry phone with the Android project, right. whatever it was called at the time. I can't remember. It, I can't remember what the Android project was originally called, but um, it had a different name. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the conspiracy theory card, and I'm gonna say that five years from 2007, it's 2012 when Scott Forstall got fired. <laughs> what, what does that uh, even mean? No. <laughs> I'm just saying. That oh, okay. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is saying it's five years it. ahead. So when the five years are, are up, Forstall is out. <laughs> Maybe it's the just start, a coincidence. Started the countdown. Maybe it's, yeah. Maybe they had a calendar, and every day they would cross off a day until it's until first apocalypse. <laughs> but but anyway, he he really had a point because uh, for several years the competition had to play catch up to you know maybe it was the the scrolling that wasn't as smooth as an iPhone. Maybe it was the camera, or maybe it was the fact that there there weren't many apps on other platforms. So I don't know how Steve Jobs and, and his team made up this figure of five years, but it wasn't so. Yeah, false. And, and what gave him what gave him a head start was OS ten. You know, he's like, "Where would you start?" Well, we have this operating system over here that has multitasking and power management and networking and security and Cocoa and like. Clearly, that's uh, the you know the foundation. If you can write a Mac app, you can write an iOS app. Basically, not knowing anything about development, please don't email me about that. But this is the same same thing, right? And there's it's of course next step and OS ten kind of the same thing. But Apple is starting on a very solid base. They're not saying, "Oh gosh, we have to build a networking stack from scratch." They already had it. And they brought it over, and so that 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 gave them uh, the ability to launch something that was very complex on day one. And you know the the theme of the interplay of hardware and software, and the and the Alan Kay quote, mm-hmm. uh, it really sets the tone for the future of Apple and and its and their mobile devices, because they're saying that from this day on, we're not just gonna build uh, a great phone with a great display or, or a good camera, and we're not just going to put, put together some software, uh, taking it from the, from the Mac and squishing it into an iPhone. We're going to build the, the hardware and the software together. So expect features that work hand-in-hand using the, the hardware and the software. And, and I think that the demo that Steve Jobs uh, does in, in showing how a mobile phone can use the... Uh, the Google Maps application to look up a Starbucks and then to use the phone part to to prank call the Starbucks. Hmm. I think that's a good demo of this idea that the hardware and software, so the the the, the radios inside the iPhone and, and the Wi-Fi chip inside the iPhone is using the software, Google Maps, the phone app to do all these things together. And 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 of course years later this will be true for many other devices, like the iPhone 4S uh, with Siri and the microphone, or the iPad with the big screen and and the and the, and the new applications uh, designed for the tablet. So even in 2007, we're we're seeing a theme, we're seeing an idea that will maybe come to fruition even more in in the following years. 
but but it's there. Yeah, and and the, again, this is not new when the iPhone comes out. They're starting with the iPod. You know, they they it's so brilliant in hindsight, right? The iPod was perhaps the most popular consumer electronic on the planet when they introduced the iPhone. Millions of people knew how to sync it with iTunes, and um, while that may seem old-fashioned now, it was dead simple and mostly reliable, and so they just brought that over. It's like, hey, we have this thing. Like, okay, we need to sync stuff to the iPhone. How do we do that? Well, we've been doing that with iPods for years, so let's just bring that over to this new device. And, you know, people talk about Apple iterating, and that's that's definitely how they work, right? It's revolution and then evolution. This is a revolution, right? 2007 iPhone revolution. Uh, but even in it, there's little sections, little parts of it that Apple is learning from the past and, and pulling these things in from their other experiences. And, and again, it just gives them such a, such a great head start. So, Mike, um, I want to ask you, because this is something that we were talking about before the show, and when Steve Jobs says that they're using OS X to, as the foundation for the iPhone software, and, and he says that he shows Safari and the, and the Mail app, uh, and he says that these are desktop-class applications. Mm-hmm. And um, you and I, I think, have maybe different uh, point of views for this, because... Uh, I mean, when when he says desktop class, I don't think he's implying that they are perfect replicas of of the of the Mac versions. I think he's saying that these are much much better than what we had before, but clearly that they were not desktop class in in the literal sense. Yeah, they weren't. That's 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 that was kind of my point. So maybe sh- you you think he shouldn't have used the expression. I think that it was the wrong expression to use because I think history has shown later that when Apple basically brings an app from iOS and puts it on the Mac, everyone hates it. Like contacts, like you know? uh, well, I mean, <laughs> but, but Mike, I mean, think same. about but think about what the environment is in two thousand seven. It's you have your Palm Trio with like crappy little contacts app. And compared to that, like the iPhone app is a desktop. Like, well, no, it is that much compared nicer. Compared to that, it is so far and ahead. It's ridiculous. It's like it's somebody. It's like Doc Brown pulled up in a DeLorean and handed it to you, right? But they're not desktop class. But maybe Mike back back then, seven years ago, like today, you so. you can today you can say okay, they were not desktop class. But maybe back in the day. You could you could you could see the context was different, so you could see okay, this is des- a desktop class app. I don't know. Maybe I guess it's just because a, there was no a, other comparison point. So yeah, for them it's just to a terminology. Prove just a, a terminology. Maybe. Issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Steve uh, Jobs uh, on stage. He's going to say hyperbolic all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so yeah I, but there is one thing that I really liked about the the desktop class email app, which is the split view. Yeah. <laughs> which they didn't <laughs> use. Because, yeah, because Steve Jobs said, oh, there is a split view, so you can be, you can navigate through messages uh, like on a Mac, but I prefer the full screen view. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, see, we're not going to get the split view. <laughs> Just say. <laughs> There's a few things dotted throughout this presentation that are different to like the way it launches, like the Safari icon. Yeah. No, I think that the Safari icon is different on the on the slide, but it's the same one. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. No, of always I, in the dock. 
But I wish the, that we the had the calculator that app changed like seven times through the years. <laughs> It's true. It's like the simple note icon. <laughs> it changes every time. <laughs> um, so I think I think that kind of hits the high points on software. It's got a three and a half inch screen on it. It's really big, and it's the highest resolution screen we've ever shipped. It's 160 pixels per inch, highest we've ever shipped. It's gorgeous. But um, you know the. The original iPhone, of course, and the iPhone today is defined by its screen. Like, yeah. for everything else that's in there, batteries and radios and SIM cards and whatever, like, your interaction with this device is the screen. Uh, so this one's, like we said, 3.5 inches, really big, uh, 160 PPI, which is already, like, obviously not retina, but already higher than standard web convention at 72 dpi and steve says um, it's the highest resolution screen that apple was shipped at that point yeah you know so it's and still like, groundbreaking at, at yeah. that point and i remember it being like when i picked up the first iphone in the apple store the night they went on sale i remember like it blowing me away i couldn't tell and you can tell under daylight but you couldn't tell where the screen ended or where the glass began and it was just—it's it, like the first time you see Retina, right? Like the first time you sit down in front of an iPhone four or a Retina iPad. That's how it was then, because it was above most other consumer level stuff, um, and it was just—it was just unbelievable that they they spend that much money on such a nice screen. Yeah, but you could see that that when he tries to to open the New York New York Times in Safari. And he needs to zoom into the page because he says uh, that's too small. Whereas yeah. with with Retina screens on the iPhone four and later, you could you you can read small print. Uh, well, but yeah, not if you're an yeah, old man. yeah. But but he wears glasses. True. And on the front, there's only one button down there. We call it the home button. It takes you home from wherever you are, and that's it. Let's take a look at the side. It's really thin. It's thinner than any smartphone out there at 11.6 millimeters. Thinner than the Q, thinner than the Blackjack, thinner than all of them. It's really nice. And we got some controls on the side. We got a little switch for ring and silent. We've got a volume up and down control. Let's look at the back. On the back, the biggest thing of note is we got a two megapixel camera built right in. The other side, and we're back on the front. So let's take a look at the top now. We've got a headset jack, three and a half millimeter, all your iPod headphones fit right in. We've got a place, a little tray for your SIM card, and we've got one switch for sleep and wake. Just push it to go to sleep, push it to wake up. Let's take a look at the bottom. We've got a speaker, we've got a microphone, and we've got our 30-pin iPod connector. So that's the bottom. Now, we've also got some stuff you can't see. We've got three really advanced sensors built into this phone. The first one is a proximity sensor. It senses when physical objects get close. So when you bring iPhone up to your ear to take a phone call, it turns off the display and it turns off the touch sensor instantly. Well, why do you want to do that? Well, one, to save battery, but two, so you don't get spurious inputs from your face into the touch screen. Just automatically turns them off, take it away, boom, it's back on. So it's got a proximity sensor built in. It's got an ambient light sensor as well. We sense the ambient lighting conditions and adjust 
the brightness of the display to match the ambient lighting conditions. Again, better user experience saves power. And the third thing we've got is an accelerometer so that we can tell when you switch from portrait to landscape. It's pretty cool. I'll show it to you in a minute. So three advanced sensors built in. So let's go ahead and turn it on. One of the things that I found really interesting listening to this, and it wasn't until um, I was listening back to parts of the, the keynote again, were the sensors. So the ambient light sensor, the proximity center, sensor, and the accelerometer, which now we just take for granted, right? They're, they're just what is expected to be in phones. But all of these things were new. And they mm -hmm. all did incredible things, like being able to automatically sense the brightness and turn it down in the phone, to be able to, to when you put the phone to your ear, to turn the screen off, and to be able to turn the, the uh, orientation from landscape to portrait. Like They were all like these things that you would show someone, and they'd be like, oh my God, really? Like when you got your phone, you'd be like, look at this, and look at this thing, and like I turn it, and it changes. You know, like those things that you can show people, those little demo points, like all of that is was just just genius they're three genius things to put in there that the phone we probably would have forgiven the phone for the lack of any of those three but the fact that it was in there was amazing yeah especially the the proximity sensor yeah. when it, when he when yep. says that but even there you can see that there is a um, the idea of using the hardware to benefit the software and the experience because he says when you through the pro the proximity sensor we can shut the screen off when you don't need to see it so we can save battery life and we can avoid unintentional touches on the screen mm -hmm. so even there in this possibly just cool but minor thing that is actually a benefit to the user and uh, uh, I have another bit of funny story. Uh, when I when I got my first iPhone, and uh, I didn't, of course, uh, read the manual or you know watch the keynote. I just bought an iPhone, and um, so I remember it was a, a sunny day in Viterbo, and I had this new iPhone, and uh, so I'm using it outside, and 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 I could see through the glass that there were these dots above the speaker, you know, in the upper part of the iPhone. Uh, so I, I actually went back to the store, and I said, hey, you know, I'm I'm seeing these dots under the under the screen. Is my iPhone broken? And they're like, no, th those are the sensors. <laughs> you, you could see through the sunlight. You could see a small like purple dot under the glass yeah. surface. Yeah. And uh, and I felt man, I felt really dumb. Well, it was before yeah. you were a pro blogger. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag pro blogging. That's, that's right. I mean, you know, it's really, you're watching back over this, um, really impressed with just how nice, I think even today, this this original iPhone looks. Like, I, I wish I still had mine. I love the look and the feel. And the, the Space Gray 5S is like the closest they've come back to that, in my opinion. But it's such a good looking device. I think that the thing about the first iPhone is the combination of the aluminum back and the rounded edges because so many people still don't like the like the cut-off edges of the iPhone 5 and 5S. So maybe I, I think that the first iPhone was really comfortable to hold. I would like to see a, a new phone that would have the like the rounded profile of the first iPhone but the thinness of an of a, of a of a 5S. The 5C is kind of there. Yeah, yeah but it's plastic. Um. But it well, feels yeah. great, though. That plastic is, is, is amazing. It's soft matte. Unapologetically <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. 
So I didn't have the first iPhone like some weirdness with the headphone jack. It was recessed and yeah. They don't say that. Maybe they didn't know yet. My guess is that they either knew and didn't want to say or they didn't know that they're going to have to recess it. And the technical reason Apple gave uh, to us, you know, I was a, I was a Mac genius at the time, um, <laughs> was to cut down on interference. So the Edge Network, like I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. I know a lot of people in the States have uh, with Edge. You get the weird like sound effect yeah. on your radio when the, you're getting ready to get a phone call. Um, right we should definitely put that in the show um (laughs) it was to help somehow isolate that when you were using the headphones and they sold a little adapter and there were some third-party adapters and like i remember people hated it like i have these super expensive studio headphones and i can't use them and of course on the 3g like on the slide it's like you know, standard headphone ports, and like the guy punches the air again. You know, like that guy's back. <laughs> it's the same, um, and it's the same guy. They just roll him out yeah. for those big moments. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely a, a little weird. So I guess from this point, uh, we move in to the start of the demos, right? So this is where this is where the the, the real sort of money is made. Like this is this is the big part. This is where they start actually showing off the, what the phone can do. Because at this point, it's all just images, and it's you know. So Steve takes to the to the demo right. platform, um, and he starts. He goes through iPod first, right? I'm gonna go ahead and just push the sleep wake button. And there we go, right there. And to unlock the phone, I just take my finger and slide it across. All right? You want to see that again? Go to sleep. We wanted something that you couldn't do by accident in your pocket and just slide it across, boom. And this is the home screen of iPhone right here. And so if I want to get in the iPod, I just go down that lower right-hand corner and push this icon right here, and boom, I'm in the iPod. I want to get home, I push the home button right here, and I'm home. Back in the iPod, I'm back in the iPod. Now here I am, you can see five buttons across the bottom, playlists, artists, songs, videos, and more. I'm an artist right now. Well, how do I scroll through my list of artists? How do I do this? I just take my finger and I scroll. That's it. Yeah, he's got to walk the golden path that the New York Times talked about last year, right? Yeah. And, and I love it. He just says, you can touch your music. You can just touch it. It's so cool. And it's, um, it's Steve Jobs being like his excited voice, like, you can tell he's just like so impressed. So that they show uh, the first thing they show is slide to unlock, and I think his line is, you know, we wanted something you can accidentally do in your pocket. And again, like we take it for granted now, and they've actually kind of downplayed it on the iOS seven design. But something as simple as that had to be thought about. Someone had to think and design how to unlock the phone, and then he goes into the the iPod. Now this is where. This is the moment, right? This is this was like for me anyway. It like just changed everything. So this is where he he has a list of songs, and he just says, "I take my finger, and I just scroll," and he just scrolls, and it speeds up, slows down, and then we have the rubber banding. Mm-hmm. We'd never seen that anything like that. That did, didn't exist. He was right. manipulating the. The, the it was like he was manipulating something physical, 
but it was actually mm-hmm. pixels with his hand. It was just like, what? It, what is this? Like, what are you doing here? And there was like, you know, as there are a couple of moments where this happens throughout the the presentation, but there were gasps from the audience, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Brain exploding. Yeah. You know. um. it, yeah, and especially, uh, I wanted to say that for, when, when he shows the slide to unlock part and people are like, whoa, and, and they're gasping and, and they don't know what's going on. And so he shows it again. And I think that uh, through the years, with all the rumors and with all the the component leaks, we kind of lost some uh, some of that magic. Uh, yeah. Maybe because we don't have Steve Jobs anymore, of course, unfortunately. And uh, but also because all the rumors and all the speculation and all the lack of big uh, events, such as uh, keynote, uh, a keynote at Macworld, like this year when Apple showed the Touch ID unlocking at the, for the 5S, you didn't see all these people like so excited. But, but if you think about it, Touch ID is magic. I mean, you're using your fingerprint to, to unlock your phone. I guess that through the years, people just got used to this stuff. I also so, have a, a, a theory about that, though, in that this environment was different. So Macworld, they don't present to regular people anymore. You either Macworld's have... Macworld's not regular people. Yeah. All right, regular... <laughs> Let's not get into that again. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm serious. I mean, Macworld was a little WWDC. They didn't have all the developer tracks and everything, but Apple was there and they're, they are presenting on their home court. They have home court advantage. They have the press and they have their fans. But yeah, I, mean, I, guess, I guess that Mike is saying that the iPhone 5S is introduced to uh, a dedicated press event with just bloggers. Or, you know, and there's, there's developers. And developers are awesome. But I mean, it's, it's the fact that there are just fanboys and fangirls at the Macworld, at Macworld, right? They're just fans. They're not. They're not there because of a vested business interest to them. They're but there yeah, because they love. Not. I totally. It. I, di- I disagree. I mean, yes, they were excited, and, but people. Macworld was a trade show for people in the Apple community. Like, yes, there's like people like me and you guys, and oh, yeah. you know, who like show up to go show up. But there were businesses. There were developers. Like. It's not like they're standing on a street corner and preaching it through a megaphone. That's not what I'm saying. To, to but, the masses. But okay. So let's just yeah, move well. on. <laughs> Mommy and daddy are fighting, Federico. It's okay. <laughs> no, don't fight. I'm just, I'm just saying that through the years, people got maybe a little bit bored, you know, with this yeah, stuff. a little jaded. Not, a little jaded. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, Touch ID is magic, but you didn't see this kind of cheering and clapping as you see for the slide to unlock, which even watching today, you know, you can just feel the, the excitement in the room so yeah. uh, and mike is right by the way when he when he says that uh, uh, the first <laughs> demo of scrolling and and when you see this guy using his finger to scroll through pixels there's this weird kind of contrast between the fact that he's using something physical his finger to scroll through you know bits of zeros and ones actually pixels on a screen and 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 I cannot imagine because uh, I I I don't remember you know this keynote because I, I wasn't following Apple News, but I cannot imagine being there and seeing that kind of user interaction. Uh, but you know, thankfully we have the video, so you can get an idea. I guess that that if I was a, uh, like a nerd back then, like an Apple nerd, my my mind would have exploded like. Psh. 
<laughs> just seeing it, you know. It's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean the same thing with cover flow. You know, it's um, it turns the phone again the accelerometer, and you get cover flow where you can just scroll through your album artwork. I, I don't know about you guys, but the iPhone made me like find album art for my entire music library. Um, cover flow maybe not extremely useful. In fact, it's gone in iOS seven. Um, but again, a, a feature of what this thing could do. It, it's you have a jukebox in your hand and with your other hand you were just scrolling through it like butter uh an interaction that the world had never seen before and and when steve says uh i was showing the iphone to to an apple guy at the company uh and, and he and he told me you had me at scrolling and uh and 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 it's you know kind of funny to to think about the fact that smooth scrolling is the feature that most other phones wouldn't be able to copy in the following years because we talk uh, we talk a lot about the fact that android for many years didn't have the kind of fast and responsive scrolling that apple had on the iphone i was giving a demo to somebody uh, a little while ago who'd never seen this before inside apple and uh, i finished the demo i said what do you think they told me this he said you had me at scrolling <laughs> so So the next the next demo um, is the, what's referred to as the the phone suite. Um, so you know they talk about using the phone, and then they do you know the the fun uh, conference call, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I never had a conference call in my life. <laughs> You've not worked in enough corporate environments, Federico. <laughs> yeah, I, I had I had three today. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, I there, there's still a thing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, did you oh, use yeah. the phone app? How else am I going to talk to more than one person? I, I don't know. I can think of one way. Well, with Skype? <laughs> um, <laughs> Just yeah, so Right, so he says, the killer app on this thing is making calls. But even <laughs> okay. then, in that statement, he goes right into saying, like, most people still dial numbers, even on smartphones. But here, thanks to iTunes, thanks to syncing, You have just a list of contacts, and you can just scroll through and tap on the name of the person you want to call, and you're calling them. So, really interesting thing that so he, as he's going through and he's starting to set up the uh, the Johnny Ive call, Steve says, "And I will push his number," and he says yeah. that a couple of times. Like, he, obviously, at that point, we didn't have the words they because they didn't exist yet. This was all new. And it's like, I just push his number. And like, and I love, if you watch the video, like how he presses, I think he really presses it hard. Like, yeah. well, it was still a plastic screen at that point in theory. So <laughs> yeah, because uh, in the, in, in all the demos, uh, Steve is like almost tapping and holding the icons to yeah. launch them. And, he, and, and if it were like a year later, he would have activated the wiggling mode <laughs> of the icons. <laughs> So instead, he's just like pushing real slow. Uh, I like, like to think oh, that okay. he might have been sort of overdoing that so you could see what yeah. he was doing. Because yeah. obviously, he's been using it, right, for a couple of months, and he probably loved it. Yeah. Oh, it come just, on, guys. You know, that, uh, never mind. <laughs> really happy to tap and hold his icons. <laughs> so um, he shows them the, the visual voicemail. So you guys have to explain this to me now, <clears throat> especially you, Stephen. Okay. Is voicemail primarily big in the US? Because, like, and then no, no, explain. No, one, no one calls no, Mike. No, <laughs> no let, let me explain. So, 
Every time I watch a movie or I watch a TV show, and these are made in the US, so you guys seem to leave voicemail a lot. Whereas, yeah. in, at least in Italy, we, like when the, when the voicemail kicks in, in, in a phone call, like when you go to voicemail, people are annoyed. I never left a voicemail in my life. <laughs> I would I, never I think, call you back. <laughs> seriously? So, M- Mike, is it the same in the UK? I mean... Do you use voicemail? Nobody really calls me. People just text me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, okay. But back when phone calls used to be normal. Um, not really. If it's a business call, I would. Because most of the time, the calls that I'm making, they're social calls. Does that make sense? So, like, to leave a I, voicemail I let, for I a social call... The- I never really left a, a, a voicemail to my friend. I, I, no. I think it would be stupid to like to, to record my voice. And I don't know, maybe just an American thing. I, I don't think that voicemail is, at least in Italy, I don't see it, people using it much. Usually when you get a voicemail here, it's just like your carrier calling you to tell you about the latest offer. And it's like, oh, we try to call you. Yeah, I don't care. So I, I mean, never yeah. tried visual voicemail on the iPhone. I, I don't know what it is, honestly. I mean, most of my voicemails, when I get them, are business calls. Like, if I call a friend and he doesn't pick up, it's kind of like Mike. Like, well, you know, I'm just going to chat or whatever. It's not super important. And that's even if I call them, right? Like, texting is the front lines for social communication for, like, a lot of people. Yep. Um, But I definitely used it. And it was definitely great. Like, I mean, before, like, you'd have to, like, dial your own phone number and press one and enter a PIN code and maybe change the PIN code if it had been too long. And then listen to message one and it's someone talking for a minute and a half. And it's like, press one to save, press two to delete, press three to call back. And then you wait and it plays message two and you get the same options. And it was very time consuming and you cannot go to the voicemail you wanted. You had to go through all of them in a row. And so to have it, he calls it random access voicemail, which of course is a computer nerd joke, but it really was great. It made visual voicemail, it made voicemail like email. My favorite part about visual voicemail, and it still is, is, you know, when somebody says, like, call me back on 0824, you know, but you can just use the scrubber, you know, to just go back and listen to the number again. As or you can press to... the call back button. Unless, whatever. <laughs> Unless they give, want you to call them a different number. I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but that was, yes, I understand what I'm saying. When, when I, said I, don't, that, I, mean. I don't know what you guys are talking about right now. It's okay, okay, Federico. Oh, and okay. the reason it's called visual voicemail, Federico, is because people can send you gifts. That's what makes it visual. <laughs> gifts? Yeah. What, what they can send no, you animated gifts. You, sir, are trolling me. No, right no, now. no. Seriously, I'll send you one later. I'll send you a visual voicemail. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm afraid what I'm going to get. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cost each of you $18. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, this is where they start to unveil. Who the carrier is? I say it's quad band GSM plus Edge. Of course, GSM means a lot more to you, Mike, than it does to me. Yeah. Well, GSM was an incredibly smart move because it meant that Apple could compete across the world. Because if they would have if they would have launched with Verizon, which was maybe right. the more logical choice in the US, then they would have just been restricted to North America practically. Well, at the time, AT and T was the biggest and most popular. And this was before data networks really mattered. But and this so, was singular, though, right? Is that? I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I feel like maybe don't understand. So but, it was singular, but they 
I mean, obviously they had made the deal with Singular months in advance. Right. Uh, but right before this, like 12 days or something before the keynote, AT&T and Singular merged. Um, but obviously they went GSM so they could be global. Verizon at the time was just CDMA, and you would have been basically locked to the U.S. I think there's a CDMA carrier in Canada, but that's really a and there's one in China, but that's really about it. They're not big in Europe, and so GSM was kind of the lowest common denominator. And it put them on a roadmap to 3G faster, which he says, you know, 3G phones in the future, which of course would just be a year later with the iPhone 3G. Um, so he's talking about that data a little bit, talking about the the, ba- the quad band GSM. Um, we hear the ringtone for the first time, which Marimba. is still burned into my brain forever. Yeah, pretty much. Better I'm, I'm gonna need an isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give me an isolated version of that clip, Mike? Yeah. Thank you. So then so, we, it's uh, called. It's called. Did you guys know that marimba is actually an instrument? Okay. <laughs> so this is a fun fact. A fun fact. And, fun I'm fact reading, and I'm reading Wikipedia. The marimba is a percussion instrument consisting of a set of wooden bars struck with mallets to produce musical tones. So there you have it. And that was probably the the uh, oh they made it. Yeah. There's actually a story somewhere about the history yeah. of yeah. I wanted to send you the link actually. Um. So anyway, so they make the first phone call, and I at the time I actually didn't even think about this until we I watched this keynote this past weekend. Um, I'm like, oh, it's funny, like Johnny Ive is on a flip phone. They probably only had like one iPhone that can make the call, if the call is even real. And yeah, because it was it probably, probably illegal. Well, I don't know about it. Definitely wasn't sanctioned because the FTC, you know, FCC or FTC or whoever had not approved it, but. After reading that Golden Path article in the in the Times about how basically the whole thing was held together with string and tape, they they might not even had another phone that could have made the call. It's really interesting. So when Steve Jobs was following these steps to make the call, make a conference call, then switch to Safari, etc., these guys, these Apple engineers in 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 somewhere in in San Francisco were drinking scotch heavily, and they were getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I just cannot imagine the scene. These guys have been working on an iPhone for years. And now they're in some bar in San Francisco just drinking. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if I would, like, if I had the possibility to go back. Yeah, I would choose the, the keynote, of course. But even just seeing this guy, just watching these guys, like, watching a screen and drinking scotch because they're following the steps of some piece of code that maybe won't work. Yeah. I think that would have been quite a story to, to remember. So let's say I want to make a call to Johnny Ive. I can just push here and I see Johnny Ive's contacts with all his information, his three phone numbers, his email, whatever else, his address, whatever else I've got, it's all in one place. And if I want to call Johnny, all I do is push his phone number. I'll call his mobile number right now. And now we are calling Johnny here. I could turn on a speakerphone like this if I wanted to. Hello, Steve. Hey, Johnny, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Well, it's been two and a half years, and I, I can't tell you 
how thrilled I am to make the first public phone call with iPhone. I, I remember when we first started working on this, and it's just, it's just unbelievable. Whoa, whoa, what is this? I've got another call coming in. Johnny, can I put you on hold for a minute? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I put Johnny on hold, and hi, Phil. Hi, Steve. I want you to be the first call. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Phil. As you can see, it's put, it's put Johnny on hold, and Phil, I can just touch Johnny and bring Johnny back. Hey, Johnny, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, listen, uh, Phil called. Do uh, you mind if I uh, conference him in? <laughs> you can see the uh, button has changed to merge calls right there in the middle, so I just push that right here, and now I've created a conference call. Johnny, you there? I'm here. Phil, you there? Oh, Phil, hang it on. So here we are. And uh, listen, I got to get back to my keynote. So uh, if I want to do that, what I'm I just touch this arrow right here, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Johnny private here, and uh, put Phil on hold. Johnny, do you have anything to say on the first phone call? It's it's uh, it's not too shabby, is it? <laughs> it's not too shabby. You take care, Johnny. I'll see you later. And I end this call, and it fills on hold. I take him off a of hold. Phil, thanks very much. I got to get back to the keynote now. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All righty. So the, I love that peppered throughout this uh, entire keynote uh, is, an, is a bromances, basically, <laughs> between Steve and Johnny and Steve and Phil. Because they're like, they're making covers close to each other. They go out to movies together and they're eating dinner together all the time it's just really funny and then there's like the whole like when uh so steve calls johnny and johnny is the most british man ever um it, i've ne it just sounds so ridiculously british it's it's uh it's not too shabby is it and then uh when he's like, "Oh, Phil's calling me. Can I call him in?" And he's like, "Oh, I guess so." Like, it's it's just this, it's that great like comedy that they would bring um to these yeah th these. It's a, it's a view inside the relationship. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. And even earlier in the keynote, when it, when he's talking about the Apple TV, um, and it, and he says, "So Phil Schiller, my neighbor, comes <laughs> over with, with his laptop, <laughs> and he yeah. wants to watch a movie." Yeah, I just cannot imagine the scene. Uh, my 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 guess is that Phil Schiller walks around the neighborhood with like no <laughs> shoes on <laughs> and with his laptop, just yeah. out of just, first floor just, windows, just yeah. asking people asking people to stream home movies to their yeah. TVs. I, I just want to watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> I don't have a TV. Yeah, um, it's funny they show the favorites screen. Yeah. Scott Forstall is at first. <laughs> Yeah, and then he removes Tony Fidel. Yeah, and later, <laughs> and like yeah. Tony Fidel would leave the company like a year later. <laughs> like maybe it's like I, a little like the conspiracy theory. Um, I always thought that was quite cruel. Like, why didn't he just remove Johnny Appleseed or something? You know, uh, why did he just man. delete an executive? Yeah, it's I don't like, need his number. He, he keeps prying the thermostats off the wall. <laughs> we have to get the <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if the if the note field of the Scott Forster contact at a countdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Karim Bari, you're five out of here. years. Five years from today, yeah. baby. Five years. <laughs> oh God. Um, so they show SMS where you can have multiple threads at once, and uh, even um, when I was preparing, listening. Mary was like, oh, yeah, that was, like, killer, because before, like, kind of like voicemail, like, SMS was, like, a very, like, disjointed experience, and this sort of brought it all, like, you can never see, a, on most phones, you cannot see the conversation, and on this you could, and you could have multiple conversations. Yeah. Very, uh, very, very cool. On most phones, I remember, because I was an, I was a heavy SMS user, on most phones, you could only see one message at a time. And then you had this weird list of all messages, but you couldn't see a threaded conversation. It was just so awful. And that was one of the best part of best parts of getting an iPhone. It was that, that I could see a conversation like like an email yeah. program. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Yeah. But the icon, the icon used to be terrible. My God. With the little SMS. Yeah. <laughs> it's like putting phone on the phone icon. <laughs> this is like something that Samsung would do. <laughs> Like writing the application's name on the application's icon. Didn't yeah. have a smiley face for a while. No, I think, I think so. you're thinking of Texty. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Third app I want to show you as part of the phone package is Photos. You know, we have a two megapixel camera built in, as I said. We also have the coolest photo management app uh, ever. Certainly on a mobile device, but I think maybe ever. And uh, so here's, uh, here's our photos. I'm going to go into our photo library. And this is our library. And again, I can just scroll through photos here with my finger. Pretty cool. Let me go to uh, photo album. I'll pick uh, Italy. And I just, uh, let's start at the top. And to go through pictures, I just swipe them. I can just swipe through my photo library. Oh, there's one that's, uh, that's landscape. I can just turn my device and take a look at it. Pretty cool, huh? Boom. Right? So I can even swipe when I'm in landscape here. You know? Isn't this awesome? <laughs> the other thing I can do is uh, I can take any of these pictures and uh, I can make them bigger. And uh, so let me go ahead and get the camera back up. Yeah, there it is right there. I can, uh, I can just take my fingers and I can, we call it the pinch. I can bring them closer together or move them further apart to make it bigger or smaller. And so I can just move them further apart and stretch the image. Cool. And move it around. That's cool. And then they show the Photos app. So this thing had a two megapixel camera, and I thought it was a little weird that this was part of the phone suite. But I guess they really didn't have another place for it. And well, like camera phones were kind of a thing. Yeah, ca- cameras were a part of smartphones then. Like that was something that already existed. And plus, like my thinking is the camera was bad really you couldn't have given it a camera portion because the camera wasn't good enough it was just a phone camera it wasn't like a point and shoot camera like we have now like even at the standards of phones at that time the camera was actually bad yeah or maybe because the camera view would crash the phone on stage i don't know <laughs> i mean maybe yeah. like yeah he doesn't take a picture i don't think but 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 you know he has a, a an italy album and i'm pretty sure that he's showing either firenze or bologna there's a photo of a city, and I think it's one of the two. Oh, I, I gotta double France. check. No, 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 he has an Italy uh, album. Uh, we, it's all Europe to me. Um, Don't confuse France with Italy, with <laughs> oh, Italy Stephen. 
fight. <laughs> Mommy and daddy are fighting. Do not ever make that mistake again. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So this is another uh, moment where there's gasps from the audience, right? Pinch and zoom. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Because it's just like, yeah, and you can do this thing. Call it pinch and zoom. He does it. And everyone's like, ah, burn him. <laughs> yeah. And, and, pinch to, and pinch to zoom would be a big deal uh, with Android, right? Because several versions of Android shipped without it and they added it and people... I don't know if, if Apple actually sued him, but it was thought that Apple would. Um, I think they so, came to an agreement over that. Maybe. Because but anyway, pinch to really, zoom still exists in, in Android. So. Yeah. So uh, pretty... Uh, you know, hotly contested uh, feature, which again shows like your finger is not just a stylus. You can use two of them and you can do this thing and you're directly manipulating it as if you're actually making a photo bigger. And of course, so natural in hindsight that that gesture is very natural, but so groundbreaking. All can, the same you, time. can you, can you imagine just how long Apple has been sitting on this multi-touch demo? Because, um, Steve Jobs says we've been working on this for two and a half years, and by reading the, the the official biography of Steve Jobs and other sources, we know that in 2003 or four, an Apple engineer came up with the idea of multi-touch on a very large uh, display, and then they started the process of shrinking down the display to to a smaller size, and Steve Jobs decided to uh, put the the iPad. Uh, tablet idea on the shelf and working on the phone so this is something that they've been really working for uh three years at least uh, yeah and, and, and i cannot imagine just the pressure of going on stage and finally showing this new technology that is he must be so used to it because he uses it inside apple every day but people have never seen it before right it's just, it's just yeah. strange to think about it yeah and there's a book uh, out about johnny ive that um talks about that too a little bit about that sort of time frame and the tablet you know they started bigger and then and then went smaller and it's pretty interesting you know and, and you're right like i think he i think jobs at the keynote understood how big of a deal it was but it was so it had been gradual for people who work working on the project right but on the outside even people with an apple not in the iphone team all of a sudden this working product just appears and you know it's not like apple had done multi-touch before this was the first thing we had seen with multi-touch uh and it's such a huge departure from everything else on the market that it just blew everyone's hair back so only four hours into this episode um maybe it's time we take a break for our second sponsor is are we happy with this gentlemen oh yeah, yeah. i agree i like it <laughs> they both walked away <laughs> I'm happy to, to welcome a new sponsor to the prompt, and that's FreshBooks. Are you still using Word or Excel to create invoices? Do you have a shoebox of receipts to keep track of your expenses? Well, you can save time and get paid faster with FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. FreshBooks is the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners just like you save time billing and get paid faster. With FreshBooks, you can easily create invoices online, capture and track expenses on the go, and get real-time business reports with a few simple clicks. You can try FreshBooks for free today. Go sign up for a free account at getfreshbooks.com. And here's the delicious part. FreshBooks is doing something special for the prompt listeners. Every day, they're giving a birthday cake away to someone who signs up for a new account 
by listening from listening to this show. For your chance to win, enter the prompt in the How Did You Hear About Us section when signing up for your new account. Refresh Books every day could be your birthday. So go sign up at getfreshbooks.com. Thank you so much to Fresh Books for their support of the prompt. How awesome is the birthday cake thing? It makes me feel like a 5 by 5 show of four years ago. Because they did it. Do you remember they did this before? Yeah, I want a birthday cake. Well, then go sign up at getfreshbooks.com. Should. Now, uh, now I want a cake too. Well, then so go sign up at getfreshbooks.com. Uh, right now? <laughs> yeah, right now. Okay. Don't delay, Federico. Start today. So, the internet communicator. One of and the think, most vague. It's so vague. Well, and, and yeah, and even changing it to internet device is so vague. But I think in the seven years past this, this is the most important thing this phone does. I think all of the one, how many apps are in the App Store now, Federico? Uh, over one million. All of those apps fit into this category. They are, they are what extend the iPhone out onto the internet. So at first he talks about technical stuff, uh, Wi-Fi, Edge. Uh, and he has kind of four sections. He has HTML, email. Which is something else that gets lost. Like you can't, you still can't maybe like bold or italicize text in the email um, with the standard keyboard. Like you can do it in things like Evernote, but uh, you can read it uh, still. So HTML, email, Safari, web browser, Google Maps, and widgets, which are weather, weather and stocks. Um, and it, it, it's it's just amazing. You know, we were talking. Um, talking about email first and he it's like a yahoo festival <laughs> yeah like um <laughs> yahoo, yahoo fest, had, 2007 yeah yahoo had the first uh push imap on the phone this is before exchange before push notifications um so your mail would just fetch every 15 minutes or however often you set it but yahoo if you hooked your account up to an iphone you got push imap which was magic in 2007 Yeah, I cannot. I cannot imagine because I, I'm pretty sure I didn't have an email account. Maybe I had a, uh, I had a Hotmail account with with Microsoft Messenger. You guys remember those? Yeah, I think I had yeah. Gmail though. No, uh, I, didn't I had Gmail. Gmail. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I still do because I love me some Googles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's making a big deal out of HTML email and rich text. And, and uh, today, maybe it gets lost a bit because I'm like, wow, why are you making such a big deal out of HTML email? But then I went, I went on Google and, and I looked for old uh, email clients on, on quote-unquote smartphones. Man, they were so bad. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, it didn't look like an email message at all. Yeah, it uh, and the same thing with the with the uh, with, with the, the browser. browser. Yeah, you had you had web. I have in the show notes uh, a link to like <laughs> someone's like uh, artwork file for a WAP website. I guess that they designed or wanted to design. It's so bad, like. There used so to be bad. designers for websites. That had to be, surely. Yeah, I guess. I mean, all they had was like text links. Yeah, but, I think um, it just automatically happened. But, but Safari really, 
nothing automatically happens on the internet, Federico. Mm, um, you're right. The uh, the Safari demo really impressed me. It goes to the New York Times. You get the full experience. Yes, there's no flash. Yes, it's a little slow. And I had forgotten, you know, the iPhone used to like show you the checkerboard background when it was loading stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. when's the last time you saw that on your iPhone? Like, it's been years and years since I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, and Steve um, is like, okay, it's catching up to me. <laughs> like, it's every, it's perfectly normal. Today, yeah. people would flip out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, New York Times uh, <laughs> finally launched the redesign, like, today or yeah. yesterday. Uh, yesterday. The website up until looked the yesterday. Same. It looked yeah. exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> you know, um, you see things like day detectors where mail and... Safari, know when a phone number is a phone number. So you can tap on it, it opens the phone app. It knows what addresses are. So you can you can kind of see these very baby early steps of linking these apps together. Not like the full Vatici, but Apple's starting <laughs> to, to experiment with that. So the data detectors thing is interesting because that that is what um, Apple used to get um, injunctions on devices, Android devices later on. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah, the first, the first injunctions it was against HTC phones. Um, they were they were the first ones that Apple, I believe, were able to get banned, and it was because of the data detector. So um, hmm. HTC had to remove that from Sense. Huh. So I'm pretty sure that phones. I don't know what happened with HTC, but I wouldn't be surprised to know that they basically just copied the the regular expression engine that Apple is using. <laughs> Just straight up copy of the of the subclass of of regular expression on Coco, and you know, just implement it that way. Because I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's actually a pretty smart implementation. So they're using uh, a regex to to look for strings of text in specific apps oh, formatted here, here we in, go. in a specific <laughs> formatted in a specific way. So if it's a phone number, it becomes tappable. And through a URL scheme, it launches an app. And, you oh, know. <coughs> I just woke up. <laughs> oh, what? Sorry, <laughs> URL scheme. <laughs> we need a drinking game for this. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing, if I could just say something about the old version of iOS. <laughs> yeah. I, I miss the right? tab view out of Safari. Yeah. I really don't like it on the no. iPhone and iOS 7. Because who needs a Rolodex of tabs? And you can only see the top 40 so pixels of the bad. website. So bad, Federico. I don't know why you use it every day. I like it so oh, much. It's so cool. Fanboy. I'm going to Chrome. No, just kidding. Why do yeah. I need to be a fanboy? It's seriously cool. Come I don't know. On, I guys. don't know why you need to be it a, is cool. a fanboy, Federico. It, it's Stop being one. Like, it's cool, but it hurts usability. Like, Come on, Mike. Chrome on iOS has basically the same view. Well, it's much better. No, come on. Well, it's much better. <laughs> oh, the parents are fighting. <laughs> uh... So they show widgets, which are just stocks and weather. Apple was trading at $87. And uh, I think yesterday they were at like 543 So They were just having a bad a, day that day. It's a, no, it's a little <laughs> bit kidding. different. I love um, it when he's like, oh, Apple's up. <laughs> Woo! We should, yeah. we, should, we should do like, do you guys know the, like the meme of the cat reading a newspaper and saying, I should have done this? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, we should have bought Apple stock back yeah, then. Yeah, oh, yeah. you want to know what I sold all of my employee Apple stock at? Yes. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, know how. I don't remember how many shares it was. I mean, it was it was a sizable check. I think I sold it at like one fifty five. <gasps> Seriously? Uh, 
And uh, it's kind of kind of regret yeah, that. Yeah, it kind of hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an analyst. I mean, now doing what yeah, I do. Clearly, I you're not an analyst. Now you're an analyst. Uh, I mean, now, like, I, I, I wouldn't want to hold it because of what I do, you know, yeah. but... Um, also because so it's worth so much money. Um, I love how they called, like, the stock thing widgets. They called them widgets then. Yeah, because they're, opened, not, they're yeah. not really widgets. They're apps. They're apps like, yeah, but they didn't have a name, so they just called them widgets. I just thought it was great. <laughs> right, and people are always like, oh, they're going to add new ones. But, like, the calculator didn't get a demo, probably because it didn't work. It was just an icon. But, <laughs> yeah, like... It was part of the wallpaper. There wasn't even an app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you if know, you clearly, pay attention, it didn't move. <laughs> yeah. So, still, still part of the... You know, beginning days of, of Apple in the world figuring this thing out. Um, but then, then, of course, we get to maybe my favorite keynote moment of Apple history, uh, definitely in the top three of the Starbucks break. I hit our Maps application here, and it's coming up. <clears throat> and it shows us North America, and I'm going to go to Moscone West. That's where we are right now. And here we are. Boom. That's where we are. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go uh, look for something. I'm, I'm going to certainly want a cup of coffee afterwards, so I'm just going to look for Starbucks, right? Starbucks. So I'm going to search for Starbucks, and sure enough, there's all the Starbucks. Now, I can get a list of Starbucks here, so I can pick that one if I want, and I can even go look at that Starbucks, and there it is, and let's give them a call. Yes, I'd like to order 4,000 lattes to go, please. No, just kidding. Wrong number. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Still makes me laugh today. Yeah, do you know? Did you know that they tracked down the girl who oh, picked up yeah. the phone? Yeah. Yeah, I linked to that and was like, really? Like, yeah. really? Uh, they should, uh, I think that one, one day we're going to get to the point where uh, we will have a story about the guy who saw Steve Jobs driving to the Moscone Center at an intersection the day that he announced the phone. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and it's going to be on Tech Meme, I'm oh. sure. Yeah, here's <laughs> so, that but, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's a great moment. It's, you know, it's showcasing, it's showcasing the fact that on Google Maps you can, you can tap phone number. To, to start a phone call, and uh, and I, I, you guys have to teach me here. What is a, a, la, a latte? It's like a cappuccino. It's uh, espresso with firm milk. <laughs> okay, you do know wow. that. Sorry. Right? Yeah, he's trolling. I don't know. You <laughs> no, Italians, no, no. If, it ain't, if it ain't just pure espresso, then what's the point? Yeah, super troll. I just, I just wanted to. I just, it just uh, honest question. I, I'm not trolling. I like you, Mike. I'm not trolling. Yeah, um, but it, you know, it's, at this point, Jobs says something. And he says it a couple times. He says, "The internet in your pocket." And if you remember when the iPod was introduced, it was a thousand songs in your pocket. So they're obviously still springboarding or hoping to springboard off the i off the iPod. But the, the internet in your pocket, not WAP websites, not like weird directories of text links, but like the actual internet that you use on your desktop now in your pocket 
and it's just a great line and it works on so many levels. But that's really what this thing is, you know. And it's really just the, the thing that would go on to change our modern life, right? Because it's like looking back at, at the keynote today, you see the phone, you see the mail app, you see SMS with conversation and, and, and everything is great, right? Because everything is so much better than what we used to have before. And you don't, by watching the keynote of, of this original iPhone, you don't, you don't get the sense that there's going to be a, an, an internet revolution, right? With, with apps and the App Store. But this is what it's about. Uh, the internet in your pocket is not just about Safari or the fact that you have Yahoo Mail in your pocket. I don't know why you would ever want to do that. But anyway, it's not just about the stock apps. In looking back at it today and knowing what would happen, how much the iPhone would change the way that we communicate and, and you know, just everything. It's just so... Uh, I don't know. I get this feeling of... It's everything is so strange. Looking back at this keynote, and knowing that years later, all this stuff would 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 happen, but in different ways, is it just feels so strange to look back and realize that there was a time where we we couldn't pull out a, a device from our pocket and look up the news and 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 open mm-hmm. Twitter and and knew yeah. what what was going on in the world. And it's just so strange. To me, it just feels strange to think about that. The answer to any question I have is in my pocket. Yeah, That's, yeah. The, that's the massive thing to me. Like, like the entire amount of human knowledge yep. is in my pocket and I'm here on Twitter complaining about, I don't know, some tweet by some guy. Yeah. Like, just, it's kinda, just the it's simple strange, things. It's strange and kind of sad yeah. if you think about it. Uh-huh. It's all relative, yeah. buddy. Yeah. And so... The, the iPhone obviously doesn't exist in a vacuum. So we kind of get the CEO parade now. We get... Best. Uh, I love this bit. Wait, I, we get I, Eric Schmidt on stage. <laughs> oh, man. From my perspective, this is the first of a whole new generation of data services where these powerful-based cloud computers, Google being, we hope, a leading representative, provides HTML, XML, and other sophisticated services that the Safari browser that's embedded in the iPhone and many other of its type devices and future devices out of Apple will be able to take advantage. Steve, my congratulations to you, and this product is going to be hot. Awkward. (laughs) (laughs) And he makes, so Jobs says, you can't think of the internet without thinking about Google, which is an interesting commentary on the world. But then he's like, Eric, like, so he's on the Apple board at this point. He, like, makes a joke about merging Apple and Google, and it, like, <laughs> it falls flat. Apple goo? Seriously? Apple goo? Yeah. I mean, of all names, <laughs> you could have gone with, I don't know, Gaggle or something? Gapple? Apple goo? <laughs> Come on. I don't know. Eric Schmidt is just so weird. But uh, he is. A he's good creepy. presenter, though. Right, much better is, than, the, is than the guy we see next. Oh, I um, love this. Is my favorite. Oh, oh, yeah. Watching it back now, this is my favorite bit of the entire <laughs> keynote now. So, yeah. originally, Stephen, you had written Yahoo co founder and CEO comes on stage. That's not yeah. what he's introduced as. He's introduced as the chief Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, and it's even on the slide. So, Jerry Yang comes out, right? And obviously. <laughs> They're talking about... He's come out because, basically, Yahoo have done Apple a solid by giving all 
iPhone customers the push email. It's a big thing. Yeah. But what does he decide to do with his few minutes on stage? <laughs> Talk about Yahoo OneSearch. What is Yahoo OneSearch? <laughs> and hopefully we can get Yahoo OneSearch, which is one of our new products, onto this phone. And he's basically just spends his time pimping it. And then he's like, hopefully we can get Yahoo OneSearch onto this phone one day. <laughs> nope, 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 not gonna, nope, not happening. Not happening. I like so, oh, man. Why is he a chief oh i don't know what that means and then as he's late as he's like he mentions it a couple of times like desperately like i know i'm not on the board steve but can i have one (laughs) (laughs) he's he's just begging for (laughs) that yeah um and then and then we get uh um we get the uh well, first we get Google and Yahoo like on a slide together with yeah. like Steve Jobs oh. holding his hands up in the air, which is quite funny. <clears throat> uh, yeah, also, also pretty awkward. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's you know Apple at this point is not in the internet services business. This is still before Mobile Me. It's it's just not Mac, which basically did very little. Um, so those guys go away, and. We see some demos. Jobs is bouncing around phone calls, internet access, email. But like he runs into limitations. Like it's shocking how little the original iPhone OS actually could do. Yeah, like it would be laughed at. If you tried to release a phone with this today, you just laugh at it. Like it's crazy, isn't it? I didn't know that. Uh... When you when you put a phone call in in the background, the the phone the phone icon would flash. Did that feature ship with the with the final iPhone? I can't remember. I, think, I had the I same question. I can't remember question. either. Uh, well, oh. and too on AT and T, remember you couldn't use f- voice and data at the same time, and so you could only even enter that world on Wi Fi. And I honestly don't remember. I wasn't. I thought that was Verizon. Even on yeah, AT&T. that's Verizon. No, no, it was on AT&T on 3G. AT&T LTE changed it, but Verizon LTE did not change it. Huh. So I, I still can't do it on my iPhone 5 on Verizon. Nah. I don't know, that's always been, been pretty normal to me, I guess because we have different cellular yeah. technologies here. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. Italy. <laughs> and, and the UK. So I think I, I think that we never used Edge. We always used GSM, even though it would show the E. It was never actually Edge. And even though it says Edge on the phone now, it's not Edge. It's yeah. my understanding. It's GSM. But yeah. Apple just so, didn't. Yeah. Right. So we talk about that. Uh, we see some accessories. So we see the headla- headphones with inline mic and remote. Um, so awesome. That was so awesome. And all it did was answer or hang up calls that didn't have like the volume rocker and stuff yet, I don't think, but still very cool. I think it did like play pause and skip track. Okay. I couldn't find anything definitive. Yeah. I um, think it did all of that. And then we had the Apple iPhone Bluetooth headset, mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh, I never, I never tried or, or seen I. one in my life. I saw I, one in the uh, store when I bought my iPhone and I was going to buy one, but didn't. I think I bought one and then returned it. Uh, the, it was very uncomfortable to use, but very integrated. So we linked to the iLounge review, and like they sold it with a dock that your iPhone would sit in and then your headset would sit in, and it would show the charging uh, levels of both on the iPhone screen, which was kind of cool. Um, 
I don't know. It was it was very small, much smaller than the Jawbone or anything else at the time, uh, but not very comfortable uh, for me. Um, really, it wasn't until the EarPods that Apple first party stuff was comfortable for my tiny delicate ears. Didn't the the original iPhone also have a, a dock? Yeah, it came with yeah, it. Yeah, sh- shipped with the dock in the box. Okay, because I think I remember that. Uh, so my first iPhone was uh, I bought a used one from my former boss before he fired me. At least I got I got his iPhone, uh, <laughs> but I think I I had to buy the dock, uh, like on eBay. And, and I think that at one point I could use the same dock of the original iPhone for another model because it, it, the design was like the same. I don't know. I can't remember, but I still have it, so I don't use it anymore. I just thought that it was an, a very nice and simple dock. And, and yeah. especially the, the fact that you could plug the, 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 the audio jack in the, in the back of the dock, that was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they did that for iPods, and then, you know, of course, all that's extra money now. Um, the section we also hear about the battery life. At this point, Apple says five hours of talk, so, video, or browsing. So bad. Like, but, it's not yeah, even but, a, a bit of the day. <laughs> But by the time they shipped it, they had talk time to eight hours, 250 hours of standby, six hours of internet use, seven hours of video, and 24 hours of audio playback. So obviously they improved it. You know, it was five hours of use or 16 hours of audio playback before. So they, they squeezed some power out of it at some point before shipping, which is good. And, and, and <laughs> you know, we're laughing now, but it's not like the battery life has gotten so much better than no, this. It hasn't. No. Because the processor and the, and the GPU, they're, they have gotten so incredibly better and faster. Battery, it's just a few hours more, maybe. Yeah, is, no, the, I mean, there's that curve they showed with the 5S of yeah. CPU and GPU is like a billion times better. Like, the battery has gotten better, too. It's just, it hasn't broken free yet. Like, it, they haven't seen a traumatic increase. Uh, can I you wish imagine, they would. Can you imagine an iPhone that goes on all day, like effectively twenty four hours? Yeah, yeah. It's called Mophie. Have you? Because what yeah. we need is a tangent no. right now. Have you seen? Have you seen the new Mophies with the? Yeah, there's no way. With I'm the taser putting, in it, I'm putting that thing around my iPhone. Okay, well, have you seen the new Mophies with yes, the with, with the storage as well as the yeah. battery? Yeah. What well, What concerns me there is that. It's not like iOS can see the storage as native storage. So you have to use a dedicated app. That which they've which, made. Which will likely suck. I don't know. It looks Probably. pretty good. Probably. I, so t- I'm going to get that anyway because I need a new... Yeah, new because you have a shopping problem. No, because <laughs> I true. because my iPhone has a battery problem. In and you should get... Uh, last a day. You shouldn't get the Mophie. And, and not just because I... Uh, it's not that I don't like the Mophie, guys. It's just that I think that uh, there are an external battery pack... It's better, so because you can you can charge multiple devices at once. Yeah, but you can do De- multiple charges. Federico, I need to be able to carry it on my person, though. You have yeah, more pockets. I, 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 no. I have one that fits in my pocket. Have you it's seen how tight my jeans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I was going. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I was going to save everyone the follow up. Uh, right, the five S Apple's published specs are ten hours of talk time. Uh, so that's up from eight on the original. Um, same standby time of 250 hours. That makes no internet, sense. Internet use, uh, 
what they say? Six, six hours on yeah. the... So eight hours on 3G, 10 hours <sighs> on LTE or Wi-Fi, 10 hours of video pl- playback, and 40 hours of audio playback. So it has improved. Not enough, it's just though. It's just not, not what any of us would like to see. Seven years. Does anyone get 10 hours effectively? No. Uh, not yeah. of heavy usage. But my iPhone is old and busted. I have a, I have a bone to pick with uh, gadget review websites. I want to know what they define <laughs> as heavy usage. Because, like, we used this Android phone for seven days with heavy usage. No, you didn't. You're a liar. Let me did use you, it. Did you run Python scripts on your Android phone? <laughs> yeah, because that's mm. real heavy usage. <laughs> that's basic. I just mean checking Twitter and playing games. But yeah, if you're, if you're pulling in thousands and thousands of posts into editorial, <laughs> I mean, that's a different kind of usage. That's context. That's, that's what I did last night. And surprisingly, the iPad mini, uh, the RAM, it didn't you know, crash on me. I pulled in 9,380. 85 posts from WordPress with a Python script on my iPad mini and it worked. For fun, right? Yeah, fun time. <laughs> fun time with teaching. Should be serious. <laughs> it's a new segment. We've got the multi-touch screen, a first. Miniaturization, more than we've ever done before. A lot of custom silicon. Tremendous power management. OS 10 inside a mobile device. Featherweight precision enclosures, three advanced sensors, desktop class applications, and of course, the widescreen video iPod. We've been innovating like crazy for the last few years on this, and we filed for over 200 patents for all the inventions in iPhone. And we intend to protect them. So, a lot of high technology. I think we're advancing the state of the art in every aspect of this design. <laughs> so, we, we move away from specs and uh, we get into pricing. But to kind of set this up, Jobs uh, has a great line that the iPhone is like having your life in your pocket. It's the ultimate digital device. Like, that is the most forward looking statement in this keynote. And it's absolutely correct. Like, uh, you guys are the same. I'm sure our listeners are the same. Like, my like my job is in my phone, pictures of my kids. Uh, of course, they're backed up in the cloud safely. <coughs> Michael. But, um, hey, Bradley, hey. Ash, hashtag Bradley Chambers. All of my photos are in Dropbox now. Like, and I'm keeping it up. It uploads automatically. I even oh, no. do it over LTE. <laughs> like, you know, I'm. I'm you set. don't even know what you're saying. You're lying. You're lying. <laughs> I'm not. I, yes. have, I have a pretty workflow. We, my workflow is not like your workflow, but it's a simple one. Are you seriously using Dropbox now? You you cleaned up the camera roll and everything yeah. that we told you? Yeah, honestly. Seriously? Honestly. Nice. It, nice it does it mind. automatically. I have the, the auto upload turned on in the Dropbox app. Okay. Okay. That's better. Okay. Next step, you got to use a third party service. Yeah. I've only, just because I haven't decided on one because I'm worried I'm going to kill them all. Guys. And now, <laughs> now I'm going to get 100 Guys. recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, Thanks, that was Rico. Rico. Mike. That was the point of my question. <laughs> uh, but yes, Stephen, uh, I think it's absolutely correct the fact that you're keeping the internet in your pocket, and and maybe 
you know, there are positive points about this, and maybe there are so many negative aspects, because really, it's not just the fact that the iPhone changed the way that we consume information and have access to knowledge. If you think about it from 2007 to today, like before the, before the iPhone and smartphones in general, stuff like waiting in line or waiting for your doctor or just stuff that would be considered boring, you cannot be easily be bored anymore. Because every time you have to wait, you can just pull out your phone and play a game or scroll to your photos, check on news, go to Facebook. And I think that that's seriously incredible but it's also the the obvious downside that you go out to to dinner with friends and you're at the restaurant and everybody's checking their phone yeah and maybe being you know the possibility of not being bored is great but the side effect has been that and this is a completely different topic with you know so many so many consequences to, to consider but to sum up it's the fact that it's so easy. We may be exaggerating a bit with with our, you know, usage of all these apps and games and just being constantly wired to the internet. Uh, I'm, I think it's great, but I'm trying to to make an effort to just, you know, kind of cut back when I'm out with my family, when I, when I'm with my friends, because I recognize the positive aspects, but I also think that. A few times and many times it's necessary to, you know, just enjoy what's around you. Well, what do these things normally cost? An iPod, the most popular iPod, $199 for 4 gig nano. What's a smartphone cost? Well, they, they say you get the phone and some of the internet with it, although that's questionable. But they cost somewhere between around $299. You can get them for $199. Palm just introduced a new one at $399 yesterday, so generally average about $299 with a two-year contract. Now, these phones sort of do music, but nobody uses them for music because they're not very good, and so they end up buying an iPod to go with the phone. We know we sell the iPod. And so people spend $499 on this combination. What should we charge for iPhone? Because iPhone's got a lot more than this stuff, right? It's got video real video. It's got this beautiful, gorgeous widescreen. It's got multi-touch user interface. It's got Wi-Fi. It's got a real browser. It's got HTML email. It's got cover flow and on and on and on. And this stuff would normally cost hundreds of dollars. So how much more than $499 should we price iPhone? Well, we thought long and hard about it. Because iPhone just does so much stuff. So much better experience on a call and managing your contacts and visual voicemail, random access voicemail for the first time, and texting and email and real browser and Google Maps and <laughs> tremendous iPod and cover flow and video. And <laughs> what should we price this thing at? Well, for four gigabyte model, we're going to price it at that same $499. No premium whatsoever. $499. And we're going to have an 8 gigabyte model for just 
So we're going to price it starting at $499. But it was expensive at first to, to put the internet in your pocket. Yeah, a uh, lot. <clears throat> they started uh, with a 4 gig and an 8 gig model. Um, the 4 would be discontinued. But it was uh, pricey. This is, in a, this is in the States on AT&T uh, on a two-year contract. So this is not <laughs> even the unlocked price. Um, but it started at, uh, at four ninety nine for the eight gig. But nobody even cared. <laughs> like, oh no. Like yeah, it, so was it was not so, a problem. Right. <laughs> right. So it was, um, it was, it was a little, uh, a little crazy. Um, and actually I'm like even doubting that price now, but that's what my notes say. Um, but the uh, the four gig would go away. They would drop the price. Uh, they would eventually, I think, have a sixteen gig version as well. Um, and then they gave a hundred dollars Apple Store credit, didn't they? Yeah, because people like lit themselves on fire. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they march with Peach Fox, Patino. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, pricey. You know, now you can get one for free on contract. Um, but uh, they they sold they sold well, I mean not compared to now, but um, <laughs> for the time it, the price really only seemed to hamper some people. You know I think that just like the iPad that there were rumors that Apple would would price these things insanely high, and then and then they they come out and say look it's not a thousand bucks it's four nine nine. Right and 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 okay, these were for the four gig model and and the eight gig model was was more expensive. But there is a history of Apple rumors claiming that these new devices are extremely high in in terms of price. And that Apple comes out, they're not. But then they're still too pricey compared to to the competition, right? Because even for the, I don't know, for the iPad, I remember in 2010, there were rumors of the iPad costing like a thousand bucks, a thousand dollars. Yeah, like a MacBook, more. you know. Yeah. And then Apple comes out, it's not a thousand dollars, but it's still too expensive. I, I don't know. I just think that rumors sometimes play a very dangerous role in setting the wrong expectations in people. I'm just looking up how much the iPhone cost um, when yeah, it was launched uh, here. No, when uh-huh. it was launched here, it cost four hundred and fifty-eight dollars on an eighteen-month contract. That that was that was as cheap as you could get it. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but but we paid it. Huh. Mike, do you do you do you guys in the UK? Uh, you know, because in the US. Uh, people buy phones on contract like it's not typical to see someone buying an unlocked iPhone I guess like there is a tendency of of going on contract whereas in Italy contracts are not so big among consumers Uh, it's a bit of both here really I've bought multiple iPhones Mm. off contract Um, and I've had a couple on my current phone is on contract just because it was the only way that I was able to get a hold of it um, 
but I've bought them off contract as well. And you can buy the iPhone off contract in Apple stores on day one um, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I think and the the only iPhone I I had on contract was the 3GS. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, real time correct myself. The four gigabyte model was four ninety nine. The eight gigabyte model was originally five ninety nine. Wow. Uh, and and that's the one. The four gig model went away, and the eight gig model uh, dropped uh, in price. That's when people got upset. And then it would be early uh, February 2008, they released the 16 gig. Right. Um, and uh, of course, this is, you know, well before apps or anything. And so it was just media that, you know, would take up that storage. And it, uh, it took them 74 days to sell the first million. Uh, isn't that something? Um, yeah. Five days after dropping the price of the 8 gig model. Uh, so 74 days after release, 1 million iPhones sold. That's crazy. So you know my, my, my original iPhone I found out last week is actually still working. Basically, wow. I sold yeah, I sold that iPhone um, three years ago to a friend of mine. Uh, she didn't have an iPhone, so uh, she didn't care about getting an iPhone 4. She said she, she'd be okay with just the original iPhone, so I sold her a lot. This iPhone for like, like fifty euros, like nothing. And uh, m- uh, maybe I shouldn't have sold it because you know good memories, but I don't know. Anyway, she used it for two years, and then just last year she bought uh, a used iPhone 4s. So basically, this is a, an eight gig original iPhone. Uh, before selling the iPhone to her, I installed one of those custom. Uh, firmware things like it's called White Door. Basically, it's a, it's an uh, it's a version of iOS 3.1.3 that uh, basically mimics the look uh, of the latest version of iOS that cannot go on the original iPhone. So this 8 gig model, she managed to install games on it like Fruit Ninja and Angry Birds, oh some God. apps. Yeah. Uh, and they st- uh, and I'm told because uh, I asked her this question last week. Uh, now she has an iPhone four, but her, li- her little sister uh, is using this iPhone still. So but the display is all broken and and the battery like lasts two hours, which is still impressive, by the way. And um, her little sister using is using this iPhone to play games and you know just open Safari and it's still working. With a with a custom firmware, of course, but it's still going on. It's 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 still you know Safari Safari works and games play. She can go on the App Store. I I don't think that she can install anything because all modern apps have higher software requirements. But still, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. So they, they talk about pricing, and then uh, singular president CEO comes out. Stan Sigmund, and he does okay, and then he starts reading off index cards. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, I've, I think in his defense is because he's reading some sort of legal statement from AT and T, basically <laughs> yeah. at this point. But it's just really he, kind of sad. Stephen, is he from the south? From 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 his accent? Uh, I I think he's from Texas, maybe, which is kind of the south, but not really. Hmm. Okay. 
let me see on the Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, I looked him up. I couldn't. F- I think he's from Texas. Yeah, born in Lubbock, Texas. Oh, okay. I didn't see the um, the details. So, uh, so yeah. So, what, what's really the most interesting part to me is that he says that they, ate, they entered a contractual agreement without ever seeing the iPhone. I think about how different that is in the relationship carriers have with Android OEMs, where they control the software update and they can order the phone just the way they like it. With the iPhone, a completely independent product, and how Apple is really the only company with that sort of freedom to do that it, to this day uh, is, is fascinating. Yeah, but we'll never truly know what AT AT and T got out of that. Yeah, I remember there was this article on Wired that I, I sent you guys the link, um, which is basically from two thousand and eight. I guess it's a story of how the iPhone basically completely changed the the, the wireless industry, and uh, and uh, I think I think I remember that this article mentions like the crazy uh, deal that that uh, that Apple had to cut with with Singular and then AT and T. So basically, there were a lot of secret meetings, of course, and they didn't really see the iPhone because basically Steve Jobs forced them to agree to their terms without knowing and uh, without seeing the device which is crazy talk yeah totally um so so after this jobs is wrapping up and his little uh remote dies and we get <laughs> yeah. an amazing little story from jobs my clicker's not working <laughs> oh there it is maybe it is working so how big is this market? Well, let's take a look. No. Alrighty. Clicker is not working. All right. They're scrambling backstage right now. You know, when I was in high school, <laughs> Steve Wozniak and I, mostly Steve, uh, made this little device called a TV jammer. And it was this, it was this little oscillator that would put out frequencies that would screw up the TV. And Woz would have it in his pocket, and we'd go into like a dorm at Berkeley where he was going to school, and a bunch of folks would be watching like Star Trek, and he'd screw up the TV, and somebody would go up to fix it, and, and, and just as they had their foot off the ground, he'd turn it back on. And if they put their foot back on the ground, he'd, he'd screw up the TV again. And within five minutes, he'd have somebody like this <laughs> for the rest of the Star Trek episode. Okay, so maybe it's working now. Maybe they're going to have to click them for me. This is actually something that, that, I, w- that I would try to do today. <laughs> um, it comes back up, you know, uh, they talk about their goal is 1% market share. Um, they, which would be 10 million units, they did that by quarter three, uh, or they hit 12.9 of the, was this a smartphone market share, I guess, Mike? It's, it's, yeah, it's, so it's confusing to read. My, my, um, basically, they wanted 1% market share, smartphone market share, or, or is it phone market share? It's phone market share, it's all phones. Right. Oh, I don't know. It's conv- the basically, change. they were successful. Yeah, they There's did. There's a lot it. of math. We're not a Simcoe. 
Um, <laughs> and then they close it out by saying, Apple Computer, the name does no longer reflect of what we really do. We are Apple Inc. Uh, That's, this which, is one of the craziest parts. They changed the entire name of the company because of this well, one product. Because the company itself changed. But Look it's at all insane, the charts. Like, their, their main product is iOS, not the Mac. And, and this was the obviously the first step in that direction. And but again, they, like old people freaked out, but huge change. There's no way they could have known that at that point, though, right? Which is such, such faith in the product. Nobody, literally 10 people could have bought one. Just a fist-pumping guy and nine Apple executives. <laughs> Today, we've added to the Mac and the iPod. We've added Apple TV and now iPhone. And you know, the Mac is the only one that you really think of as a computer, right? And so we thought about this and we thought, you know, maybe our name should reflect this a little bit more than it does. So we're announcing today, we're dropping the computer from our name, and from this day forward, we're going to be known as Apple Incorporated to reflect the product mix that we have today. We, we need to track down fist pumping guy. Maybe he's listening. <laughs> if you're maybe. out there, fist pumping. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's Jason Snell, I don't know. Yeah. Could be. It was like a power slide in person. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, um, I wanted to uh, save this last point for, the, for this part. So we look back at seven years of iPhone, right? And, and we saw how smartphones were different before the iPhone and how in a single day, Steve Jobs uh, went on stage and out of nothing, like you said, Steven, before there wasn't this thing and two hours later, there was a thing that was completely different from anything else. Yeah. So seven years later, I think that his history is kind of repeating itself because today we have all these, um, there's this big talk about smartwatches, right? So, and it's kind of going as, uh, exactly in the same way. The name is smartwatches, but they're not really smart. And they are kind of like watches, just like the first smartphones were kind of like phones. So you, uh, you had a, a physical keyboard to dial the numbers. And the, they were smart in theory, but you had all these terrible apps for calendar and email. And today on these smartwatches, you, you have all these baby apps, I think Steve Jobs would call them, to track your fitness uh, program, to, to, I don't know, to track your, your sleep cycle and all kinds of other data that this thing, these things wants, want to collect. And these things today depend on a phone to get a data connection. Sometimes they don't. But they're not really watches and they're not really smart when you think about it. So I wonder, today we look, we look back at this, you know, this idea of three devices, a phone, a music player, and an, an internet communications device rolled up into one. And I think that today we can see we, with all these smart, smart watches, we can see the watch part. And maybe we can see, we can see like, you know, the music part. But what's the what's the modern internet communications part 
of these smartwatches. And by this I mean, by comparison, the internet communicator was the, the, the most unexpected part of the iPhone. Like the one that you didn't understand its potential until years later with right. the App Store, with, with developers. Right. For smartwatches, what's the, what's the internet communications device part? What's the, what's the idea Snapchat. of these smartwatches? And I wonder if maybe seven years from now, if Apple will ever come out with with a with a smartwatch that that isn't that is unlike anything that 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 happened before with the, with a Pebble, with the Nike Fuel Band, with with you know with the Galaxy Gear, I wonder if seven years from now we'll sit down again, the three of us, and talk about what smartwatch used to be, and I'm I'm kind of hoping for another revolution, but I think that. Looking back at this iPhone's keynote is really helpful in understanding just how much history sometimes plays the funny trick of, you know, being the same and being different at the same time, every time. Is is that too, too deep? No, no. I think, I mean, we're not the first people to draw the parallel. Um, uh... You know, I think if history has shown us anything, is that predicting the future on tech podcasts is hard. But the pattern is there. I'll give you that. And I think that if a company can move into that space and do something as revolutionary as the iPhone, then it will be Apple. So. Do you you guys think that there's a, a chance for the, I don't know, this is difficult. Uh, do you guys think that there will ever come the day when the the iPhone model of hardware and software will be obsolete and that there will be something new? Yes. Because it just has and, to be. Uh, yeah. Do you but- think that really, that, that we... That will move away from the from the from the idea of having a small display in our pocket all the time. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know yeah, but- how far into my life that hmm. that will that will take, but of course, because there was once no displays in our pockets. There were once no displays. Like it's I'm not I'm not trying to be stupid about this either. It's like of course there will be something else that will be totally different to what we currently have because that is just what happens eventually and it's something that currently we cannot um conceptualize so maybe there's some engineer right now maybe not in cupertino maybe somewhere else and he and he dreamed up of this crazy technology like federico they may they may not have even been born yet oh yeah that too maybe it's 50 years down the road yeah but of course there will be something much bigger than the iphone but in the in the in the near future, right? This year, next year. No, I don't last, think so. Last year, last year we got the fingerprint sensor, right? So maybe this year we'll we'll get a larger iPhone. We'll get I don't know even more biometric features. Interapp communication? No, just kidding. <laughs> you know, I, mean, well, I don't know. I mean, it, well, it's think, hard. To, think- it's hard to to guess the pace at which this stuff. Yeah. Spans. If you think about, I and mean, we've talked about this a ton, you think about the personal computer revolution, lots of ground covered very quickly, and then it's basically 
the iMac and the Apple IIc really aren't all that different, right? Like, they're kind of the same thing, actually. And I think this is, we'll follow the same pattern. We're in this, we're probably now at the end of this explosive growth, and now they're going to be the same for a while, and something else will happen. I don't think that if we were two or three years down the road, and there's not a watch, there's not a television, there's not a whatever, that means that the industry or that Apple has failed us. It just means that it's not time for the next thing yet. And I think trying to guess what the next thing is, while it's fun, I don't think anyone would have guessed in the year 1997 that in 10 years you'd have a glowing, like, and actually in one decade you'll have this. It seemed impossible. Because a day before, like, on on January the 8th, 2007, you could not have predicted this. No. Like, all of the mock-ups for what this could look like featured a featured a click wheel. Yeah. And maybe the click wheel was on the screen most of the time it was on the back of the device. Like what we ended up with was nothing like what people expected. So it will probably probably go the same way again. Unless anybody else anything else I'd like to add. This magnum opus of which we created, I think we may be about 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 done. Yeah, um I think that we covered pretty much it all. I just think that, I just think that, like I said before in the show, uh, for me it's just too strange to remember that there used to be a time where you couldn't do the stuff that we do today with with our phones. That they're not really phones anymore, right? They're they're little computers. Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, exactly. What and it's is. and it's really and it's really like St- Stephen. You even I think you you did this experiment last year, like. Uh, not using an iPhone. Yeah, it's for, not for fun. a while. Not fun. Yeah, it's not fun, right? Because it's so deeply part of our lives, and uh, and to think that there was a time where this stuff wasn't possible is just crazy to me. And uh, and uh, and it, and it's also kind of strange how seven years is not much, right? But it seems like ages ago, like a, a really long time ago. But but it's not. It's not much. No. The world's, so, the world's different. Yeah, a lot. You know, I didn't sleep a wink last night. And uh, I was so excited about today because we've been so lucky at Apple. We've had some real revolutionary products. The Mac in 1984 is an experience that those of us that were there will never forget. And I don't think the world will forget it either. The iPod in 2001 changed everything about music. And we're going to do it again with the iPhone in 2007. We're very excited about this. And you know, there's an old Wayne Gretzky quote that I love. I skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it has been. And we've always tried to do that at Apple since the very, very beginning. And we always will. So thank thank you so much, gentlemen, for um, being here with me today, indulging this. Thank you to everyone for listening. I know this has been obviously a a double length episode, but I think it's been worth it. I think people I think the people enjoy this um, as much as we've enjoyed making it. If you want to catch up with us online, there's a multitude of ways you can do that. If you want to catch uh, Stephen's writing, go to 512pixels.net. If you want to catch Federico's, go to maxstories.net. We are all on Twitter. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. 
Federico is at Viticci, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And Stephen is at I-S-M-H. Uh, we are at underscore the prompt. Send feedback there or go to um, the contact page over at 5 by 5 and you can send us um, an email via that too if you would like to do so. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode and we'll be back next week for episode 31 of The Prompt. Until then, bye-bye. You play, you're playing us out, Federica, on your tiny guitar. <laughs> Adios. <laughs>